Morning Friday. Whoopee Friday. Whoopee Friday. Doesn't quite sound as exciting as a whoopee Friday. It's not much use if you start work on Friday and you're working over the weekend. You probably go, ooh, down with Friday. But I love Friday. I love Friday. We've made it through the week, which is great. We've had snow. We've had ice. We've had um, cars jackknifing into each other. We've had lorries. We've had just about everything. And here we are. We're on the cusp of another day. We'll tell you what the weather is a little bit later on for the weekend. I suspect today it's going to be wet, so I brought my little brolly, because I'm going to the Ideal Home Show today, and I don't want to get wet later. Nothing worse than a wet presenter, ladies and gentlemen, so you won't be hearing any wet presenters on LBC today. Uh, but we have got, very generous, thank you very much indeed, the uh, the producers, you know, obviously in an effort to keep herself in my good books, has sort of come up with a bottle, which quite clearly she's shoplifted. I mean, you can just tell, it's far too expensive, she wouldn't have bought it. So quite clearly she was doing a little bit of light shoplifting the other day in somewhere. And, uh, and Duncan Barks as well, which is very nice indeed. So, uh, very nice. And a whole stack of cards and loads of emails and texts and everything else, because, yes, it's nearly the big birthday on Sunday. Nearly. When I say the big... See, I don't know what the big birthday is. I suspect... Th- 38's the big birthday, isn't it? So that's po- Well, you see, I'm not there yet. So it's not quite... I'm one away from the big birthday. One away from the, oh, my God, you can't be that old kind of birthday. And I'm firmly of the opinion <clears throat> that the older I get, the younger I become. I think it's I think it's a conscious decision not to act your age. When somebody says to me, act your age, I said, listen, don't ask of that. You'll be talking to a pile of dust. You know, I don't do acting my age. I don't dress my age. I don't I don't I don't know what you're supposed to wear. at certain. perhaps there should be a chart. Perhaps there should be a chart which you have in your bedroom wall and you get to say 50 and then you have to change all your wardrobe. And then you get to 60, you change your wardrobe. Then you get to 70 and definitely because little old ladies out there listening at the moment weren't always little old ladies. They were once little young ladies, and all of a sudden they magically change into this strange wardrobe. At the age of 70, all of a sudden you get... My mother's wardrobe changed dramatically. Changed dramatically. And I remember looking at it thinking, that's... And my mother refused to get her hair dyed. I used to say, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for you to get your hair done. But she didn't want to do anything like that. She was happy to be grey. Didn't make any difference to her at all. But I know lots of people don't like being grey. In fact, I was looking at pictures of Paul McCartney the other day and, and Ron... Uh, Ron Wood. And, um... Uh, who's the who's Wood? Joe Joe Wood and yeah, who's her husband? Ronnie Wood, and uh, and he hasn't got any grey hair either. And then all old ladies have the same hairstyles. I think they go in there and the hairdressers go, oh, little old lady style coming in. Okay, we'll just do some rollers for you then, shall we, Mrs. Clutterbuck? Here we go, and we'll paint a little bit of that purple colour on. You know, you like that. Cup of tea for Mrs. Clutterbuck and one biscuit, one biscuit. You can't beat a blue and a purple rinse. I bet there's people listening at the moment who've got blue and purple rinses. Come on, put your hands up. I know it's cold, I know it's cold. Go on, make the effort. Go on, there you go, exercise. Unbelievable. Even at this time of the morning. So we go through the papers a little bit later on. Uh, we have to report the sad death of Hans Moretti. Uh, you might not know who Hans Moretti is, but he featured with Paul Daniels on his show many, many times with his wife. She died a short while ago, and Hans died the other day. He was a, a German illusionist. And he did things that, you know, you really thought, this isn't actually an illusion. This is actually something blooming dangerous. He did a, a crossbow trick. And he had various other things which went up, but it didn't half look dangerous. Oh, God, it really did. In fact, actually, I don't think the crossbow was so much of a trick, more of something you had to work out. They, they fired the first crossbow, which shot the second one, which fired the third, and then shot through a balloon which was on his head. But it could have easily gone straight through his face. It was, it was that dangerous. It looked frightening to me. Absolutely frightening. But uh, sadly, we lost him the other day, which is a great shame. Don't like it when we lose magicians and you do the broken wand. Um, 
And for, you know, for sort of a lot of people in, in the magical world, Hans Moretti was one of those old-fashioned people. Who went out. He looked very smart. He looked very Wagnerian. Very Wagnerian. Peter of Hampton Hill says, Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. And, um, and somebody says, If you don't follow at LBC 97.3, you should. Great presenters and the current discussions. That's a must. There you go. That's quite nice, isn't it? So we'll, we'll, we should get through all your texts and emails this morning. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We don't suffer fools gladly. If you're an idiot and you write something stupid, you go in the sin bin and nobody ever reads your things again. So it makes you look a complete and utter person. And uh, it means that it's sad because you can keep selling them as long as you like. But once you've been dumped in the junk bin, you never see the light of day again. But uh, luckily, we, we still get them coming in, which is great. But they just go to another department now, which is fantastic. Uh, Sharon says... Um, it's your prerogative as to the age. Hope you enjoy it. I love it. I love it. Stephen Potter's Bar. Morning, Stevie. And uh, it says, happy birthday for Sunday. It's great, isn't it? It's great having a birthday. I mean, it's, it's, it's great having a birthday when you're on the radio because everybody shares it with you. Everybody shares your birthday. Because I turned on the television the other day and they had, uh, she's beginning to now get on my nerves, on uh, Alan Titchmarsh's show, they had that girl Ellie from Country File. She's beginning to become an irritant. Okay? I know he likes her because I can tell from the chemistry that it obviously works, and she knows how to play the game, but something about it just irritates me. And then he went, and coming up later, Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langsford, and my heart dropped. I thought, oh, God, plugging what? They're trying to make some story up, the fact that they argue all the time. It's so rubbish. He's just, he looked like he was in pain when he walked onto the set. You know, I know he's carrying a ton of weight, but he literally, he walked, he looked like he needed help across there. And I was going to sort of phone up to Alan and sort of say, is he OK? You know, he looked like he was prime candidate for a heart attack or something. She's quite bouncy, obviously still smoking. I tell you who is smoking, who does smoke, I was horrified, Claire, Claire Balding. She smokes, there's a picture of her in the paper day with a fag. Cigarette. And, um, you know, you have to say that nowadays. So I'm justifies it. And uh, I was quite shocked. But anyway, so going back to sort of Eamon Holmes, who sat down in the settee and, well, it was a chair, and practically enveloped it. He looked, I mean, he was sitting badly. His posture was terrible. And I thought, sit up straight. And uh, Ruth was there as well. And, of course, what do I share in common with Ruth? What do I share? Apart from the fact, you know, she, she's married to a fat bloke and I am a fat bloke. Not that fat, actually. I mean, it's reasonably plump, I suppose it could be described as. Somebody said, a friend of mine said to me today on one of the other stations, he said, um, he said, because I, I always wear shirts. And apparently one of the, one of the presenters on another station came in yesterday in tracksuit bottoms. And, and people were going, he's in tracksuit bottoms. I won't tell you who it is. But, you know, tracksuit bottoms, it was unheard of. I mean, I wouldn't wear tracksuit bottoms in here. I think there's, there's a limit to what you can wear, and tracksuit bottoms aren't it, I'm afraid. If you're working daytime, you know, it should be a shirt, should be quite smart. And so this, this other person said to me, he said, he said, you could wear a T-shirt. I said, don't be so ridiculous. I, can't, I don't even possess T-shirts. I wore one for the Magic Circle gig a short while ago, but I can't, uh, I wouldn't wear T-shirts. No, I said, not when you get to my size. I look like a darts player. So I don't want to wear T-shirts. It's not my kind of thing. I'm more than happy to wear a shirt, because today I'm going somewhere reasonably posh. Well, it's, I mean, it's the ideal home show. I mean, it's not that posh. But you like to dress up and make the effort, and I shall wander around there. I probably won't buy anything, but I like to have a look. I might, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I do the upstairs. I do the, I do the NAF demonstrations, because it'll be the same people. They're all from up north. They're all from up north, all the people doing the demos, which is interesting. Uh, Tom in Swansea. Happy birthday. He says... Uh, from uh, from your favourite Welshman. Uh, from all at Warburton's, they're the bread people. 
Is that bread with nout? No, no, that's Alison's, isn't it? Bread with nout taken out. And uh, from uh, Gabby in Gillingham, sending you birthday hugs. And uh, Dave's parked up at the dairy in Palmer's Green and said, it's my birthday today. Ooh. A birthday to you, birthday to you, birthday, Dave, a birthday to you. There you go. Nobody else will sing that like that. Or ever again. Or ever again. So many happy returns of the day and from uh, from Sharon, as I said before. So, And if you're celebrating your birthday day. So I share the same birthday as Ruth Langsford. It's her birthday on Sunday, St Patrick's Day. How ironic she's married to an Irishman. A professional Irishman. And, uh, and there he went. He's got to I mean, he's got every opportunity, but he went to the Trick Awards, he'd have eaten and drank, and uh, and he does look like a prime candidate. You know, I think white hair is an indicator. I think white hair is an indicator that, you know, you're not going to go as long. Got to look after yourself. Got to look after yourself. And uh, your granddad, oh, really, how old was he when he died? 78, there you go, you see. A lesson to us all. A lesson to us all. Not very long nowadays. <clears throat> Most people live into their 90s and 100s. Things like that. There's <laughs> uh, another one, which says, I'm 61, says Ross, and have bleach blonde hair. I set my alarm just to hear your show. Hope you have a happy birthday. Uh, and what am I doing for it? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. It's on Sunday, because it's St Patrick's Day. No, we're not going to go out clubbing, dear. No, not. No, not going out clubbing. No, Saturday night I'm out with my godchildren. I, you know, I always spend the day before my birthday, normally, with my godchildren, just to make sure they're going to get me a decent present and a card and things like that. I don't want to miss out on that one, you know, because there's three of them, so they kind of all, all club together, and I shall get... That'll be quite nice, you know, it's Uncle Steve's birthday. How old is he? Nearly dead. You know, that kind of stuff. So I, I enjoy that. And then Sunday I shall go for a walk, and uh, and then probably do something. Not, you don't do anything, really. When you get to a certain age on your birthday, you don't, you know, I don't sit down with a load of friends. You know, I generally go out for dinner. I don't go on the lash or anything like that. It's not my not my kind of thing, I'm afraid. Paintballing, no. I don't, I'm, listen, I'm too old for that. I've done all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm just as happy to sit down now, put my feet up, and then I sort of just fall asleep. I'm, no, I don't even do a cake. Don't even do a cake. I'm not that kind of... I'm not that kind of... Also, I don't do it. I go to trouble the other day from another diabetic in this building, young Michael, who said to me, he said, so what, we always, every time we see each other, we always talk about blood readings. And he said, oh, I'm doing 12s, because he's worse than I am. And he says, because you're always eating cake. I said, you are a fibber. I said, I hardly ever do cake. I even have brought some chocolate biscuits today, but not for me. I generally leave them for the, uh, for the breakfast show. Cattle have a couple of chocolate biscuits, and then Clive will demolish the rest of them with Lucy. In fact, they, I don't even think they'll actually get as far as Lucy, the producer of James O'Brien. They will have gone by that time. But then I, I did my honey, my manuka honey in hot water, with my turmeric. And all the producer goes is, poo, it smells. And, do you know, I can't smell it at all. Isn't it funny? Can you smell it? You think it smells funny? I can't smell it at all. It's supposed to be really good for you. It smells like weird curry. Well, it's got turmeric in it, so it probably would smell like weird curry. Mm. It tastes okay, though. <laughs> Quarter past four. LBC 97.3. There you go. 18 minutes past uh, four. Have a lovely birthday on Sunday. And Sasha says, are you under 50? Cheeky mare, I can't believe you've even asked. Dreadful thing to ask somebody. Dreadful. Uh, Richard says, happy birthday from all your listeners at Creamline Dairies in Manchester. Now you're at this special age where Velcro shoes are more appropriate wear. Yes. Uh, Lynn from the kiosk in Clacton is up. We had a lovely e-card from uh, Jan. Lovely Jan at the Queen's Theatre. They're, they're a bit more difficult to open up down here, so I, I will get round to opening them up, I promise you, a little bit later on. 
And uh, another one from, it just says, happy birthdays. And Claire says, I hope the sun shines all day. Oh, if only. If only it did. I'm afraid it's very, very unlikely. Uh, Joyce says, you've got my birthday card. Uh, if I, uh, I have got a whole stack of birthday cards here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to open them on the free podcast. <clears throat> So there you go. That's tempting you to listen to the free podcast. OK. Gene uh, in Croydon says, I've just, wick- just woken up to your bubbling, funny humour. Thank you. Not sure bubbling is the right word. Makes me sound like a dribble, I'm afraid. Uh, Joyce is the one who, um, who says, make sure you get my birthday card. And uh, one says, uh, happy birthday. I'd say many happy returns of the day, but at your great age, there aren't too many left. I know. It's lovely, though, isn't it? But uh, don't worry. I haunt from the other side. I shall be coming around. I've got your phone number. Got your phone number here, and uh, I can come and haunt. In fact, I'm. It's uh, it's advised that I will come back and haunt. I'm convinced there's something on the other side. God knows what it is, but uh, it can't be better than this life, hasn't it? Uh, another one here. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, I can't, Paul, read that out. But thank you very much indeed. As you can well imagine, we're not allowed to do things like that. Everybody else is now going, what do you write, what do you write, what do you write? But, uh, no, it's, if, if it's something, you know, appertaining to what you were writing about, I'm not allowed to. I'm duty-bound not to. And I think you find that that goes across the board with everything. It's, it's not, yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a personal thing. It just means that we're not allowed to do it. OK, it's as simple as that. But I, I understand what you mean. Uh, Rupert, can you tell him, uh, says Harminder, that uh, the M4 is open... We can tell Rupert the M4's open. He'll be thrilled. He'll be absolutely... He'll be so chuffed to little chocolate biscuits, will our Rupert Bartia. Uh, hope your Prezi's arrived. Um, I'd, I got some lovely meerkats the other day. Some lovely meerkats. So thank you very much indeed. Um, uh, one more thing. The Royal School of Art are getting ready for their postcard sale. I wish you could come, says Christian. I'm getting grey, but I love it. 41 years old. Shh, I know. Too old. No, 41's great. I mean, I don't know anybody that age, as you can well imagine. Well imagine. Um, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here from Rob, who says, it's that time of year again. Another year goes by and the age drops by a year. You'll be 21 again before the decade ending. Yes, I do hope so. Says, no doubt all the Irish will be out as usual, celebrating your birthday. They always go mad on your birthday, Steve Allen Day. It must be the hi you impressions that they love so much. They've turned it into a national holiday. I know, I go out there. On my birthday, the Irish are going, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday. And I'm going, thank you, thank you. Christine Bleakley's going, hi, you. have you got a job for me? No, we haven't. And so she disappears, thank goodness, for another year. Now that you don't get her on the dancing on, uh, on ice. Uh, and one here that says, can you be my godfather? Because I bet you're really generous. Uh, I am very generous on the present front, but no, I don't want any more, thank you. I've got three three godchildren, two nieces and loads of other people, and the producer's way ahead of you, so there's no chance. No, we, we, we don't. I can't take any... People do ask, surprisingly. There is somebody in the office, and every time I see him and his wife out with their, with their son, he always says to his son, this could have been your godfather. This could have been your godfather. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want any more. I know, he's only one. It's only one, but they're going, he could have been he could have been your godfather. And they did ask some time ago, and then another friend of mine asked me if I could be godfather. And I'm like, no. There is a limit to what I can do. There is a limit to the stretching even of me. Um, and also I don't like children. So that kind of kind of sorts the problem out. I mean now mine are grown up, that's okay, they're not really like children. But at one year old, not really, not really. It's nice, you know, somebody else takes them off your hands. That's the good thing about being a godparent. That you could have the go, yeah, yeah, goo 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 and then you hand them back. Just before they throw up over you. 
<coughs> which is what children do, or you go, <coughs> I think the nappy needs changing. A fairly popular one in our household from some some years ago, which we uh, which we don't worry about now. Well, not occasionally. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. Uh, front page of a lot of the papers today. Uh, Pippa Middleton. I'm so bored by Pippa Middleton. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. <coughs> Lovely hat, but uh, she was on top form. I'm just bored with her. Where does she come from? She comes from a family of trolley dollies. That's what it is. That's what you know. Uh, Two seats to the front, two seats to the back. And when the oxygen comes down, the action of pulling it to your face means that you can breathe again just before the plane crashes into the mountain. You know, always sit at the back of planes. They never reverse in, OK? They always go straight in, so sit at the back. Also, you're near the toilet. So much better until you find somebody with a really upset stomach. So here's Pippa Middleton. I wish you'd go away and do something, love. I I don't know what. And do you think you're middle class? Or do you think you're working class? I think I'm working class. Well, working class stock... But now, probably, in my job, I'm probably middle class. I would think. I don't really know, actually. I don't really know what middle class is. Is it, is it because, you know, if, if you drive a flash car, does that make you middle class? Well, no, it can't do. Because a, um, a lot of junkyard owners drive flash cars. That's what they put it into. So here, here, is, the, here is the lifestyle of the average middle class Briton. OK? You earn... This is, this is for middle class. Even I'm a bit shocked by this one. 24,744 quid. That means train drivers are middle class now. You're being driven by somebody posh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You have a household income of 43,000. That'll be for the two of you. Uh, You average 25,000 pounds in savings or investments. That's the thing, you see, I think, which separates working class from middle class. Working class tend not to save, whereas middle class save. In fact, my bank manager phoned me yesterday, surprisingly, and she went... You haven't spent very much money this month. Because she goes through the account and she'll normally say, oh, I've transferred some money from the tax account because you were looking a bit low. And she said, you haven't, you haven't spent very much money at all. I said, no, I've, I've been quite frugal this month. Quite frugal. I haven't, I haven't spent a lot of money. Normally I sort of go to the bank machine. There's nothing I particularly want. It's just occasionally I buy things and she monitors my credit card. <clears throat> and she'll sort of say, well, you know, I'll pay, you, pay your credit card in full this month and you spent so much. She, I mean, she, she's able to check all of this online. It's brilliant. Uh, you drive a Ford Vauxhall or a Toyota. This is for middle class. God, I feel quite queasy. Thank God, I'm not middle class. Um, and you work full time. Yep, I work full time. Although laughingly, somebody said to me the other day, they said, it's not really like a job, is it, what you do? And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, you sort of, I know you get up at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, I had a dreadful dream last night. Dreadful dream. Don't ask me why, but I was, I was in... It was like a car boot kind of thing. And there's a woman and she's got a stall and she does, it looked like toasted sandwiches. And I remember saying to my friend who was with me at the time, I said, oh, look, toasted sandwiches. We can have a toasted sandwich. And, um, and I looked at how much they were and I only had 70 pence on me. And I didn't have enough money for a toasted sandwich. It was a complete nightmare in my dream. And so, and I'm looking, she said, can I help you? I said, I'm just, I'm just looking at what, what the, f-. He's like, I felt like the little match girl. Standing there, you know, the matches and you light and you see all this food. And, and I'm looking at all this food and she's got these things. She said, these are actually filmed with, filled with bacon and cream. And, and, it, and they were quite, they were really nice. And then they had the ham and cheese and then cheese and tomato and everything else. And I couldn't afford any. And then the next minute, the next minute, in the other part of my dream, same woman, same stall, but I'm round the back. And I've got my sandwiches for her to toast. And so she said, where did you get those from? And I looked at my friend and I said, where do we get these from? And he said, I don't know. 
And so I've got them, and it's got black pudding in my... in my. Well, I don't even like black pudding. And so I give them to her for her to toast. And then I go, <clears throat> I haven't got any money. For some reason, I'd spent my 70 pence somewhere else in my dream, and I don't know. And I went, I haven't got any money. And she went, that's typical of people like you, isn't it? She said, you want something for nothing. I said, no. I said, I'm, 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 I'm quite rich, really. I said, I've, I've, got, I've got a Mont Blanc pen in my wallet. So she said, show me. <coughs> so I get, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I get my wallet out and I show her my Mont Blanc pen and she goes, but you haven't got any money, have you? And I went, no. I said, but I can pay. I'm, and I wanted to say I'm quite well known, I'm on the radio, but I didn't tell her in my dream. And, so, and then I woke up in a cold sweat thinking I'm trying to deceive this poor woman. I've got, I've got my little toasted sandwich. I just wanted her to toast it for me, but I didn't have any money. There was no cash point there. And, I, and then I woke up, and then it reminded me, that's why my dream reflected what my bank manager had said to me the other day. And she'd said, you know, you, you haven't spent very much money. And so that's why. Uh, other things, you live in a detached home worth £278,000 with three bedrooms. This is if you're middle class. This is middle class. You're married... So, obviously, you don't get any old pufters who are middle-class people. That doesn't work. And you holiday in short-haul destinations on a self-catering basis. So, that seems fair enough. OK, ten things that make you middle-class. Your job or career make... So, in other words, if you're a banker, the chances are you're going to be middle-class because you'll be earning a good salary. I don't know where radio presenters fit into that. I'm assuming middle-class, but you do get some professional working-class presenters who play up their, their working-class roots. Uh, your salary makes you middle-class. So anybody above, as we say, forty-five, fifty thousand pounds 50000 that's going to make you middle-class. Um, because there was a... I told you there was a fellow on the television the other day who pitched up on Deal or No Deal, and he earned... Was it £6,000 a year or something? It was something... Whatever it was, I remember thinking, good God, I was quite surprised. Uh, the car you drive makes you middle-class... Do you think Bentleys cover that? Do you think Bentley makes you middle class? I don't know. Uh, material objects. Well, I've got clothes, if that counts. You know, that's a material object. Uh, your hobby or activities. I don't have any hobbies. Well, I suppose magic. I don't think that's a middle class thing. That kind of covers everything. And whether you claim any benefits. That determines whether you're middle class. So I'm assuming if you don't claim benefits, you're middle class. So there you go. I'm middle class, which is lovely. Uh, not that it makes the slightest difference. The slightest difference, does it, nowadays? Working class stock, middle class, um, middle class aspirations, I suppose. More on, uh, Pippa Middleton. And she was wearing sunshine yellow. Uh, I'm assuming she was paid to wear it, or I'm assuming she got it for free. Because that's it. I mean, one of the papers has said it's, it's, uh, PR, a PR exercise. Uh, it's a PR stunt because she's wearing uh, this, this fashion item. And I'm assuming they go, if she wears it, and they even tell you the price of it, £815. It's a Catherine Hooker custom-made coat teamed with a stunning Cossack hat and huge sunglasses, and that's the freebie. That's the freebie. That's how it works nowadays. You get people who are going to get coverage, and she's got coverage in everything. So you bung her a coat, which, all right, sells for £800, but probably costs about 200 or so to make. And then she wears it, and people all of a sudden go, oh, I like that coat. It's like having a, a fashion show. But you get the free publicity in the paper, so it's worth it. It's 4.30. With Steve Allen. God bless. Morning. Welcome to Friday. I'll tell you, you did uh, really good business the other night. Olivia Newton-John at the Royal Albert Hall. 
Uh, people were there. They loved to see her. I was so delighted. She was a lovely interview. Really, really pleased. Nice person. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to pump people in the direction of the Royal Albert Hall to go and enjoy her. 300 people outside the stage door. That's quite some going, let me tell you. Quite some going for a lady of 64. 64. She don't look it. She don't look it. Uh, what else? We? Oh, yes, I did mention the other day, and I'll mention it again this morning, that Gloria Hunniford is having a fundraiser at the London Palladium this coming Sunday for the Karen Keating Foundation. And it's uh, 42nd Street. They've got loads of celebrities, loads of familiar faces who will be uh, popping in, putting their uh, their tap shoes on. They're trying to recreate the cast of 42nd Street from those years ago. Vicky Carr, you'll remember the singer Vicky Carr, hasn't been here for 14 years. She's flying over for it. And it's going to be tremendous. It's at the London Palladium on Sunday. All the money goes to the Karen Keating Foundation. So if you're not doing anything and you want to have a, a bit of a rip-roaring time, we're in the money. Come on, money. It'd be good. I cannot go, unfortunately, even though I have been invited. Uh, it's only because I have to go to bed because I have to get up to do the programme on Monday morning. And much as I would love to be on the town on a Sunday night, it just ain't physically possible. Uh, I could stay up, but I can't do it. I can't justify it. Just in case, at the last minute, they go, oh, there's an interview for you to record on Monday morning. In which case, then I'm dead. Because I have to hang around for three hours after the programme to do the interview. By that time, I have keeled over. I have actually lost the will to live. Yesterday, we did Phil Daniels, and we did Marty Pello. And those you'll hear next week on In Conversation. This week on In Conversation, and you will hear a couple of little clips a little bit later on. Trisha, Trisha Goddard, back on Channel 5 with her American show which is so much better than the Jeremy Kyle one. So much better. And Michael Ball, who's got a new album out. Who's got a new album out. It's got some really good stuff on it. And Michael, as usual, on cracking form, we'll have a little clip from both of them a little bit later, about quarter past six this morning. And then on Sunday morning, the In Conversation with Michael Ball and Trisha. So not to be missed. Plus, of course, the best of Steve Allen, which we're very pleased about. More of your texts and emails. Let's try and uh, whiz through as many as possible. Tony and Deb, so thank you for making us laugh all week. So still on the medication, quite clearly, which I like. I don't mind people on medication. I'll take anybody on this programme, actually. Uh, Shirley, thank you very much indeed. And uh, (laughs) your grizzly bear gift will arrive next week, which is lovely. I like that idea all the way from Canada. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, From Camden Ambulance Station. Thank you very much indeed. And CJ from Shropshire says, Steve, I've just had my birthday. So is my mother and my first granddaughter was born this week. There you go. So, uh, happy birthday and, uh, and, and great celebrations. Uh, one from Daz says, another year, better at what you do, of course. District, yes, I mean, another year. I mean, you get another contract. kind of makes your life, doesn't it, complete? I like that. And there's some very nice people in this building. Uh, you share with my grandson and daughter, says Maz. Love you. You do get me laughing in the morning. <laughs> and uh, Sue says, have you bought any new gadgets lately? No, but going to the, um, going to the Ideal Home Show, I'm thinking... I might be buying something today because although having been told by my bank manager, I was so excited yesterday. I said, listen, I'm going to send you some money to buy yourself some flowers. Because she didn't get paid for looking after the account, but occasionally I'd, I'd send her some money down and she goes and buys some flowers, cheers herself up. You know, she's had a particularly miserable time. And the snow down in Sussex has not been the best, as you all know, because you were phoning in Duncan and telling him how dreadful it was and sitting in snow drifts for God knows how long. Some people, their car windows were open and the snow was inside the car, which was even worse. Even worse, I'm afraid. Um, I, I, oh, I can't tell you a story, actually. I heard a story the other day about a court case, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to save it 
I think, good Lord, who's back in the paper today? Nigel Kennedy. Then he was Kennedy. Then he was Nigel. Now he's... And, and he's there again. I don't, something about Nigel Kennedy. He's now a bit older. He spends three hours a day practising for his concerts. Oh, that's why. He starts his UK tour in Edinburgh. I wonder why he's back in the papers. I remember him from, from Donkeys years ago. And then he was... It's a bit strange because that ties in nicely with the violin, which they've now confirmed was played as the Titanic sank. And they reckon £400,000. And here it is. It's got Wallace Hartley's initials on it. Uh, in the attic, it says to have come the woman's way, who found it in her attic, via her violin teacher, who was connected to the Salvation Army in Bridlington. They're thought to have been given it by Maria's family following her death in 1939. Now, after painstaking tests, it has been revealed as the genuine article. Can you imagine the Titanic... You know, the violin that was played as the Titanic went down, they have... They have... The, I mean, just try and get to grips with that in your mind. The violin that was played on the Titanic by the bandmaster Wallace Hartley. 1,500 people died, and they've got the violin. They've got the violin. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like discovering. I suppose it must have been like going to the Valley of the Kings and, and discovering another tomb when they've discovered Tutankhamun's tomb and all the other people in there. You kept thinking, how many more tombs are there to discover? And the answer is loads in the valley of the kings and the valley of the queens but to, to have the actual violin that was played on the titanic as she sank i mean to me i mean i think the whole story of the titanic as you know is is one of the most fascinating things i'm i'm, I'm not obsessed with it but we did go to the exhibition in vegas we did like it we did like it a lot actually uh, mark the bailiff he says glad to hear your voice is much better so that your unique and incomparable humour could punctuate and saturate the airwaves. May you live to see many, many more. And, uh, oh, that's Alan. Thank you very much indeed for that one. Another one from, uh, from America, who says, uh, happy birthday. Right now I'm driving on the Atlantic City Expressway in New Jersey. I pulled off the road to wish you a happy birthday. So, happy birthday from Carmen. Thank you very much indeed. It's nice, isn't it funny, you know, you celebrate your birthday with loads of people. You don't know people. But people sort of wish you happy birthday, which is good. Uh, I haven't seen Googlebox on Channel 4. I think it's a bit of a TV critic, says Mark. You'll love it. A good format. Simple family's reaction to present-day TV. Great stuff. I shall check it out. I shall try and check it out over this weekend, because I'm that kind of person. Another one here. Let's go back to your uh, texts and emails. And uh, from Karen, who says... Sorry you're not coming to the 42nd Street Gala. I was looking forward to meeting you at the after-show party. Original caster in the show. I can't wait for the smell of the grease paint. Oh, it's just... It, it'll be wonderful. It'll be a good night. If you're one of those people who likes a good musical and lots of celebrities will be there and they raise money for Karen Keating's foundation. I was, it's a very sad story. Gloria's, Gloria's talked about it for a long time and Michael, her son is one of the trustees of the Karen Keating Foundation. And I've been down to Gloria's house where, where Karen died. It's a lovely house in Sevenoaks. They've, they've got a swimming pool in the garden, in, but it's got a wave machine. A wave machine, I ask you. I mean, the only time we ever had a wave machine is when we invited my Auntie Enid round to sit in the thing, and she had wind. That was the only time we ever actually got a wave machine going. It was quite nice. Actually, originally, I thought we had hot, hot water springs bubbling up from underneath, but no, it turns out to be her wind as... <laughs> Per usual, poor soul. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, Michael says, sorry to burst your bubble, but you're not considered to be middle class unless you're at the Queen's Garden Party or any of the... Well, excuse me, Michael. Excuse me. How little you know of me. 
I don't talk about my connections with the royal family or anything like that, because I'm not allowed to. I'm forbidden by royal protocol. But uh, I think you'll find... In fact, actually, no, you're completely wrong. You're completely wrong, because I know lots of working-class people who get invited to the garden parties. You're invited if you're nominated. And I have been nominated. OK, just thought I'd put you in your place on that one, sunshine. Uh, Linda in Cromer says, happy 59th. On fi- I don't know where you're getting this. What is, what is this 59 malarkey? What is this 59, Linda? You know damn well it's 38, and if it's not, there's going to be trouble somewhere. Have a nice birthday on Sunday, Steve. You keep me entertained all the way home. I had a very long day at work, says Amir. The silver lining is today is payday as well as my birthday. Aha! Oh, right. So it's oh, it's paid. Oh, because you get paid weekly, presumably. We don't get paid for another another week and a half, I think, or something like that. But as I say, don't worry. I've got money there. I'm fine. I'm OK. I haven't spent very much this. I've been quite good. Been quite good. And, I, and I'm not sure if I want to sort of buy anything from the Ideal Home Show. I don't think there'll be anything for me to buy. But I'm a good looker, as they say. I enjoy looking at things and I enjoy... But I don't like people trying to force things on me. I've never been like that. I'm not that sort of person. I, I, I don't mind watching a demonstration, but don't come anywhere near me, touch me, also, you know, because you do get, I get a lot of people wanting to touch. A lot of people. They, they see me and they want to touch. Mainly hit, but, you know, they, they're sort of t- t- touching. And at the Ideal Home Show, there'll be people who want to clean my shoes. So I always make sure my shoes are quite shiny. I go, I think you'll find they're very shiny. And they're leather. Don't touch them. And uh, there'll be a lot of girls with bron- bronzer. That's a bronzer. No, I don't want any bronzer. Thank you very much indeed. I'm going to focus on today... No, they don't really do very much of gardening. They're sort of... They, people queue to go around the houses. It's like they've never seen a house before. I realise that there's probably some of our northern friends listening. Hello! You know, it just keeps them happy. You have to do that for them. Hello! How are you? Have you taken Whippet out today? They like that. The northern people will be listening and going, he's one of our own. He's one of our own now. Have you had a cup of tea? Would you like a cup of tea? Have you noticed they all talk like that? They all talk like you're five years old. Are you all right? I am all right. All right, me chuck. They go that, don't chuck. I think it's chucky egg. I think it's cockney rhyming slang for something. Cocky egg. No, it doesn't matter anyway. And so, uh, so, they all do. so all the northern people queue up for these houses in the middle of the ideal home show. And, I, and I've often looked at them thinking, have you been to show homes before? You know, you can go for free. You don't need to pay to go to the ideal home show. But they always build them up and people walk. They go, oh, I look at that. Oh, I'd look. That'd look, look. That'd look good in our Vera sitting room, that would. That's a nice bit of furniture. What that, that's pine, is it? Oh, I love it. We like pine. Oh, it's lovely. You imagine, they're all like that. They, yeah, they, they do, because they have sitting rooms, and they have a lot of designers there. And so people offering advice and have demonstrations from, from cooks. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen will probably be there with his flouncy sleeves, very, very camp and zhuzhy. And uh, you probably have uh, Florence and his boyfriend, sorry, Colin and Justine, and they'll probably be there as well. There'll be sort of various people, and there'll be people doing cooking demonstrations, throwing things in the air and just making it look marvellous. And I stand there, and I, I love watching the people who sort of shred vegetables, you know, and they sort of rearrange carrots in unusual shapes. I'm always very in favour of that. Look, I have managed to slice a whole cucumber in front of you. And all the northern people go, oh, I, oh, I will have one of those. They like that. So you watch the demonstrations. They have one, though. It's like a, it's like a Maggi mix. It's like 400 quid. I thought, who goes with 400 quid? Uh, George the Doorman, happy birthday, and thanks for keeping me entertained on the drive back home. Thought we liked to hear. Apparently, Ralph says, if the violin was played as the Titanic sank, why did the violin not sink with it? Apparently, it was put into a lifeboat. 
Apparently it went into a lifeboat. That's all I can tell you. It was in a case, and it was rescued, and and the rest, as they say, is Titanic history. They have verified it, so I, I wouldn't disagree. Heard yesterday, said Michelle, that you were summoned up again for jury service. I've received a letter to do service again for jury... Third time! Looking forward to it. Time off work. You see, I didn't, I didn't do the time off work. I did work and then went on to jury service. But this time round, it's, it's under two years, so I don't want to do it this time round. I'll do it next year. More than happy to do it next year, because I, I, I did enjoy it. Guilty, guilty, Your Honour. All No, no, Stephen, you have to listen to the case. No, they're definitely guilty, Your Honour. Definitely. They just look guilty. Thank you. This is Steve Allen. 12 minutes to uh, five. Nice to have your company. Uh, Nick Ferrari with you. After the news at seven this morning, special newspaper reviewer. Always like to see him in the building. And he'll be getting up at the moment. Little workout. Da, 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 da. Yes, Jonathan Shallitz will be in this morning doing the papers for Nick Ferrari. And you're going to say to me, you should know by this by now, because I've told you a million times, he's the agent of Kelly Brook, Mark Wright, Talisa, Pudsey. I mean, the list goes on. Of, of I mean, it's who he hasn't got. He hasn't gotten me. He's got, I mean, I wish he'd be my agent as well. I wish he'd be my agent. Although, as I said to the producer, there's no point in being your agent. Can't sell yourself, let alone anybody else. There's no point. But but it's, he's obviously he's, he's he's got the knack because Kelly Brooks in the paper today. I think showing off her bra or something in the thing. And Talisa, it's a rare day that Talisa's not in the papers. But normally she is. It's my wor- wife's birthday today. She should be sober by Sunday, says John the Cabby from South London. Happy birthday to the old uh, trouble and strife mate at home. She'll be there. She'll be sitting in the kitchen with a bottle of sherry. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. She won't, she won't have heard that bit. She'll be like, I, this is Steve Allen's show. LBC, I listen to Steve Allen's show. <laughs> Not surprised you're out cabbing. Uh, Anna from Chipperfield says, your northern accent had me laughing that it resulted in a coughing fit. Uh, Kevin says, why don't you buy a book on pigeons? How about the extermination of pigeons? Best pigeon, as I've always said, is under the wheels of the Bentley. In fact, if you can get two, it's a bit of a result. Bit of a result. Uh, Adrian says, do not take the mickey out of the north, Steve. Why, aye, lad, you canny, lad. Have, have a cup of Yorkshire tea. We'll take, whip it out. And uh, as I live there, you see, I'm an honorary northern person, and I take the mickey out of everybody. You see, I don't see it as being anything arrestable, as far as I'm concerned. If you can't laugh at yourself, Adrian, you're probably missing the joke of the century. Laura <laughs> uh, in Harrow is a, is a Piscean. Tennessee is in London. Says, uh, I love the show, despite... It's keeping me up. Uh, Wheat Northers only t- rarely use uh, t- t- chucky egg, says Sid in Kingston. I know, but, you know, so actually chucky egg is used by... Do they use that in Last of the Summer Wine? Would that be uh, something that Alan would know about? I don't know. I'd, he probably would, actually. He probably would. Uh, and somebody else says... I'm, I'm, somebody was talking about being rich. And where is it? There's one here about being rich, and I can't remember where it is, because it was, it was quite funny, really. That's right. It says, it says, I once heard you're middle class if you shower before going to work, and if you're working class, you shower when you come home from work. Would that be for those down pit? You know, you come back and you have shower after work. I have, I have shower in the morning. Uh, happy birthday. 38 is as good to you as 37 was. Uh, there's a Jackie Lawson for you in your inbox. That's uh, Kevin the Milkman and Sam, poor long-suffering fiancé. So thanks to Noreen and little Julie for being our Facebook organisers. And good luck to, uh, to Junior, who's back in hospital again. 
Oh, up in Glasgow. Will you stop it with the hospital, for goodness sake, honestly. Uh, and this one here. This was the one that... Um, where was it? It was... I've lost the blooming thing. It was somebody talking about... Oh, that's right. Steve, you must be upper class. My bank manager never rings me. Wouldn't know who I am. I do, however, get the odd letter regarding my overdraft. You are so posh. And, it, well, I mean, people say to me, your bank manager phones you. I go... Well, the person who looks after the account does, yes, on a daily basis. On a daily basis. She does all my transfers, because I'm, I'm private banking, which makes me sound... It, it makes it sound very exciting. It doesn't. It just means that you've got a certain amount of savings. And I think a million's quite adequate, don't you, in this day and age? <laughs> don't want to alienate myself from anybody this morning. But no, if, if you've got a certain amount of savings, then you can do private banking. There's no advantage to it. It doesn't mean anything. You don't get a special car. People don't sort of bow when you go in or anything like that. It doesn't make the slightest difference. It just means that it says private banking on your checkbook, which doesn't, doesn't mean anything to anybody, as far as I'm concerned. So that's why. But uh, I, like to, I like to keep a, a tab on where we are financially. I'm not, and I'm not particularly good. I've, I've said a million times before, I'm really bad at at doing banking and doing transfers, but that's what she does. She does transfers, she'll transfer money from, you know, this account. If we, if we, if, so, in other words, if I've, because I've been quite good this month, and I've got a surplus, then she will transfer that to the tax account. Plus, when my salary comes in, she will transfer a certain amount of that into my spending account, and a certain amount goes into the tax account. So the less money I spend, the more goes into the tax account, which is there to pay the tax man, so I don't have to declare myself bankrupt, OK? Because I pay my dues... I'm not like this uh, actress from Mr Selfridge, who's Martin Freeman's other half, who's just declared herself bankrupt because she can't be bloody bothered to pay tax. I pay my tax. I save my tax. You know, so I have a lean month. Not a lean month. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not sort of... I'm not on Poverty Street. I'm not sitting there by a cash point. You got money for a cup of tea? Oh, sorry. Uh, do you have money, Chuck, for a cup of tea? You know, way, eh? Pet. Have you got threepence for me? That kind of stuff. But no, I pay my dues. So if I haven't spent a lot of money this month, you know, quite clearly she was just completely rubbish with money. I went out and spent it, and then when it came to paying it, she didn't want to. So she declared herself bankrupt. It really annoys me, as you know, and annoys all the all the critics as well and all the columnists in the papers. Um, another one here, which is um, uh, uh, 59, think bus pass next year. I don't know where you're getting this 59 malarkey. I don't know what's going on. This must be some internet campaign against me. It's quite ridiculous. Um, <laughs> 38 as born in 38. You look great for 75. You're very, very bitter. I'll be taking out contracts on most of you this morning, as you can imagine. Uh, little Julie says, hope you're doing something special for your birthday. I tend not to at my age. If it appears on a Saturday, well, then we go out for dinner. There's a small group of us going out for dinner. But as I'm going out for dinner on Saturday anyway, by the time we get to Sunday, I'll, I'll have thought I celebrate. I mean, I shall wake up on Sunday morning going, Happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me, happy birthday, dear me, happy birthday to me. And I do that. But I, I, I don't really worry about it. I'm, I'm not, uh, not one of these people who worries about birthdays. Have a good day on Sunday. I'll have a Guinness or three, says Winnie, to toast your health as St Patrick's Day. After I've run the Reading Half Marathon. Oh, a friend of mine is, is uh, still training for a marathon here. So I keep looking at him. He doesn't look... Obviously, marathon runners don't have to be lean, do they? Because he's carrying a little bit, of, little bit of weight. Don't want to be rude, you know. But, uh, but it, it's obviously stamina. He's going to do, I think he said, 16 miles this Sunday for training. Oh, I can't... How boring is that? 
I felt I felt quite quite depressed. Uh, Neil says, "Good morning, a birthday, ahoy!" Well, it nearly is. Have a great day from all the lovely Facebookers at Noreen and Co. Thank you very much indeed. I like a, I like a, I like sharing a birthday. It's quite good. You brighten up the start of the day, says Annie. So have a nice one. Good. Listen, if we can we can put a smile on your face first thing in the morning, that's why we are London's most listened to programme. At this time, we beat all the competition. Not that we think anything's competition. Uh, happy birthday, says Paul. I remember your 50th all those years ago with Eric Wiltshire, and I'm pleased the age eraser worked, as you're looking so good at 37. He said, P.S., was it my e- email you couldn't read, or another Paul? No, it was another Paul. It was somebody, no, definitely not yours. Definitely not yours at all. Uh, no Columbo today, Steve, says uh, Nick. But I did take up your wonderful idea and buy the box set. Picked it up from a closing down HMV branch in my depressingly 70s, slowly dying town centre. So thousands of workers may be out on their ear. But the upside is I get the Columbo box set for a tenner. Every cloud has a, you know, the old silver lining. I think Columbo is brilliant. I'll tell you what else is worth getting as well. If you can find it cheap, the Lovejoy box set. That's quite good as well. Dun, 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 with Ian McShane. Really, really good. Really good stuff. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> Stephen Bridlington says, It must be great being you. Don't forget to tell people about the podcast. They will change your life. I keep telling people about the podcast every day. Because we have a free podcast every day, which is up by seven, which is our gentle chiding of a few celebrities and then we have the proper steve allen podcast which we do later which is the program but with uh, everything taken out of it well except me so in other words you just get a lot of me you don't get the adverts you don't get the news you don't get the travel anything like that you just get the program and that's uh, very very popular that's uh, one of the most, in fact, it is the, 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 the most you know, popular, popular in the history of the English speaking and, uh, and also the, the best. And of course, the best of in conversation as well. You can download a very popular, very popular program. A lot of people downloading that one every week. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I don't get any extra money for that bit, which I, I think I should be due. I think I should be... Exactly. I mean, I don't do any work with the best. Or the producer has to do it. She does all the work. She puts it all together. She goes, I think that's the best of him. I mean, she doesn't know either. Bless her heart. She's deaf as a post. You know, she could be putting together the best of Christo. She's got no idea. But she puts it all together and then it goes out on Sunday. And strangely enough, people download the best of Steve Allen as a podcast, even though you must have already got it on the programme. But then I suppose you get it as part of another programme and some people just can't get enough of Steve Allen's downloads just to wait... Mainly lawyers... Mainly lawyers listening to see what he's been saying this time round. Who's he upset? The answer is nobody for about two weeks. I must be due something. Don't forget, Monday, we're going to be doing something on this programme that we haven't done for a long, long time. It is Monday, isn't it? The 18th. Yeah, we're going to be doing it on Monday. So I expect you all to be here. I don't want any excuses. Don't send in notes from your mother or something like that, saying, I'm terribly sorry, I cannot be with Steve Allen early in the morning on Monday, because you'll have to be, because at quarter to five and quarter to six, oh, look, I'm nearly giving it away. I'm not going to tell you anymore. You just have to wait till, mo- till Monday. I'll tweet about it a little bit over the weekend, which is at Steve Allen Show. Uh, happy 23rd birthday from Lourdes. Says, Claire and I are off to Sunnyland, Goa. And you're coming with us. The podcasts are brilliant. You see, that's what people do. Friend of mine, Graham. I mean, it's, strange enough, it's friends of mine. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Hold on a sec. Wait a, wait a minute. We'll do the uh, minute. I haven't coughed as much this morning, I thought. Hmm. A friend of mine who knows me still downloads the programme. Which I think is quite funny. If somebody knows you and then they download the programme, which is very bizarre. But anyway, 
And uh, the producer downloads it, which is not here. Maybe just see if she's had a name check or something like that. Maybe if she's had any more free cab rides that we have to apologise for in advance. I'm terribly sorry. I don't, I don't have any money on me, but I work with Steve Allen. Thank you very much indeed. You know, so we have to do that. Yeah, we know what happened. Yeah, you have to explain it to us. You have to justify it. Can I get in this cab? Oh, wait a minute. Let's walk down these cabs. Who's listening to LBC? Oh, you are. Hello. And hello. Uh, yes, you just take me as far as we can go. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, do you listen to LBC a lot? Who, who do you like? You like you like Steve Allen, do you? I'm his producer. Yet a, a free cab ride? You can't be serious, really? Oh, that's so generous. Oh, how lovely! Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a signed photo of Steve Allen. She'll promise him anything. Promise him anything. Way. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it wasn't like that at all. Actually, it was worse. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC. It's Friday morning. News at five with Sam is next. I loved it. Sorry, just picking up a bit of gossip from people. You know, people tell me things on this programme and then I try not to repeat it. You know, because it's not necessary. I'm sorry. You know, if, 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 you hear, if you hear gossip about people in the industry, it's not my, my duty to tell you. Unless it's absolutely necessary so to do, in which case I'm more than happy to tell people. You know, because sometimes you hear a really good story about somebody and you think, I really, really want to, I want to say something and I can't. I can't because I'm... Ge- and the worst thing is that people who I've mentioned on the programme before, they start employing here. So the next thing is they pitch up in the buildings all of a sudden, and then they go, oh, we should listen to you all the time. And you go, oh, good. <laughs> it's all good fun. It's all good fun, isn't it, for goodness sake. And it's Friday. It's the weekend. You can put your feet up, make yourself uh, a nice cup of tea, settle back, and uh, enjoy the programme this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'll give you <clears throat> a little rundown on what Nick Ferrari is doing after the news at seven, a little bit later on. I, ca- I will tell you, as I've said before, Jonathan Shallot, Professor Jonathan Shallot, no less, is going to be in doing the uh, the papers this morning. So I'll give you a rundown. It's uh, Pippa Middleton. Uh, also, strangely enough, The Sun have got this morning. It's another Maddie story. Yes, Madeleine McCann again. I can't help feeling. I know it seems churlish and I know it seems a bit crass and I know it seems a bit boring, but I'm so bored with this story now. I mean, I've whilst I feel immense sympathy for the uh, McCanns, I can't help feeling, as you keep writing it every time, you've obviously lost sympathy as well, saying, well, had they not left the children? I know. It's easy with hindsight to say, if, 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 if. You know, if only they hadn't done this, if only they hadn't left the children. I mean, I know people, we wouldn't do it. If we go on holiday when, when, the, when the kids were young... You take them with you for dinner, so they fall asleep in the pushchair. You don't leave them in an apartment. I've never heard of something like that. But they did. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, who are they looking for? Six British cleaners in a white van. This is the latest thing. It's almost like clutching at straws, isn't it? It's almost. People keep asking, who are the cleaners in the white van? How many years down the line is this? How many years? You know, since Madeline. And now they're looking for cleaners in a white van. I can't help feeling it's it's kind of wasted. Uh, the Pope, out and about, he spent a lot of time on his knees, a lot of time praying, a lot of time... You'd think, actually, a bit late to pray after you've got the gig. You could see the bloke coming out going, you've got the gig, you've got the gig, you are Pope. Oh, dear. How long for? Well, I don't know, you're 76. Formula One rookie Max Chilton uh, is uh, out at the moment at the Sandy Lane Resort in Barbados. Good Lord. But straight, I've never even heard of him before. How can he afford Sandy Lane in Barbados? Uh, Katie Price droning on in her dreadful column. I mean, it really is the most boring column I've ever I've ever read. 
There's so little in it. There is so little in it. And uh, all she drones about is herself. Who's interested? This, you know, half-baked, faded old, permatanned, silicon, boob job, whatever she is, <clears throat> with sort of the new husband, who even her security didn't recognise and thought that he was an intruder. To be honest, it would have made more funny had they left him there. But uh, she talked about, I was determined to say single and wasn't interested, but I gave in to Kieran, and uh, she says here and said he could call round to my house. I hadn't made any effort at all. I had an old tracksuit on and my hair was scraped back. Didn't take her long to go, I think I'll marry you, actually. Perhaps I can get myself pregnant again. Oh, look, I'm pregnant again. How lovely. So she's got pregnant again. Uh, here's, uh, here's Pippa Middleton. I'm bored with Pippa Middleton. I wish I wasn't bored with Pippa Middleton, but I am. I'm immensely bored with her. Uh, she doesn't actually do anything. And they're having a clampdown on cab drivers... This is on every taxi driver in a town where a group of cabbies were jailed for sex offences. Nine men were locked up for 77 years in Rochdale. And so what they're going to do is they're actually going to check, aren't they, to make sure that people are right. There should be checks done on people. I was amazed the other day that there was somebody put on television, and he's somebody that you know as well. And people have complained. Let me see if I can find the story. Because the, the story was quite interesting. And, oh, oh, Aldi have pulled a meatloaf. Aldi have pulled a meatloaf off sale because this is one from Oakhurst. Sounds quite posh, isn't it? Oakhurst. It's got horse in it, I'm afraid, so just thought I'd mention that to you now, just in case you were thinking of taking it out of the freezer and having that for a little bit later on today. I'm trying to find the story. Now, where is the story? Because it was definitely in one of the... It wasn't in that paper, so it might have been in... God, you can never find the papers when you need the blooming things, can you? This is a story about a guest on Alan Titchmarsh. <clears throat> and they were saying... In fact, I'll tell you what I did the other day. They, uh... They had some bloke pitching up on the television called Grog Jims or something. I don't know who he is or something. Some disc jockey who sort of was on another radio station. And he seems to think he's some sort of personality. I've never seen such a boring person. Mind you, they did put him next to uh, Natalie uh, Watsit. It was the fat one. Then went thin, then went fat, then went thin. Natalie Cassidy. She's only about two foot tall, bless her heart. Must have looked like a beer barrel in her fat days. But anyway, so she was on the television. This is on the Ben Shepherd Lisa Faulkner programme. God, it's awful. It's so dreadful. And they had this, this DJ on there, who seems to be on everywhere, who was doing a foul mouth show on the television. I wasn't a, wasn't a fan of at all, actually. Uh, I'm also a bit bored with seeing Greg Wallace. You know, half these people are going to turn out to be with Jonathan Shallot. I've just know. I've just got this feeling. Any minute now, Jonathan is going to send me a text going, all these people you've mentioned are on my books. But anyway, here is one here. The Alan Titchmarsh Show has been accused of failing to run background checks on guests after a man accused of attacking a woman featured on the Tea Time Show. Who do you think this person is? You know this person. This is Andrew Stone. Do you remember Andrew Stone, this deluded poor old creature who seems to think he's got some sort of talent, whereas in fact he's got no talent at all? And uh, he appeared in a spoof courtroom sketch. And uh, this blunder, and I'll tell you why it's a blunder in a moment, came to light uh, after Take Me Out contestants that had a series of exposés, where it turned out to be people who were up on assault charges, people who are not very pleasant. Dancer Stone... As I say, so delusional and cracked in the in the head. I mean, it's just an embarrassment. Will appear at Hammersmith Magistrates next month, accused of assaulting a woman of twenty five. Now, if somebody's accused, you know they're innocent till proven otherwise. You don't put them on the television, apart from the fact that he's not a very pleasant person anyway. They, they made a little documentary about him. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I'm afraid. Ruby and Lewis, she was listening to the program. Makes her laugh every morning. I bet you're over thirty two. 
I bet you're over 32. Wow, Ruby. No, I bet she's Ruby. It's an old-fashioned... You don't find people called Ruby nowadays, do you? It's, uh, it's an old-fashioned name. And Bryn and Annie. Many happy returns from them in France. I was going to say two of my oldest listeners, but when you see them, they're, they're almost sprightly young. I know, I know pain and illness and all the rest of it, but we've been courting... What an old-fashioned word. For one whole year when you were born. He said, and to think, just a few years down the road, here we are in France, loving every word and giggling at all your great stories. Hope you're around for loads and loads more years, especially as you are now our only real connection with the UK. And you keep us up to date with everything that's happening over there, which is great. So the happiest of happiest of birthdays. Thank you very much indeed. We love Bryn and Annie very much indeed. We really do. And uh, because they're over in, in France... They listen to the programme. In fact, Annie wakes up specifically. And Bryn will either make a toast, or I bet the bread's so much better over there than it is in this country, with or without Warburton's, guys. With or without Warburton's. But, it's, but really, nice, nice couple. And uh, we've, um, we've been out on a couple of occasions, haven't we? We have, we have met. I remember the first time I met Bryn. I knew more about him and then I, than I met him, which is lovely. Uh, Neil says... He, he sent me a picture, actually. What have I got a picture of here? He said... Oh... Oh, it's a happy birthday, Steve, made up of... Oh, that's clever, isn't it? Somebody coming out of a cake, but it's made up of symbols off the keyboard. That's quite clever, isn't it? I quite like that. Happy 39th. 38. Um, or 20... Or sorry, quite, quite a busty person coming out of a cake. We don't have that. Uh, Arminda says, uh, I've just started using email. Could you do a podcast in your northern accent? That would be hilarious. I don't think I could keep it up for that long, to be honest with you, but it's, it's worth thinking about. I don't mind things like that. I'm always always open to suggestions. Uh, just thought I'd join the millions of others, says Mark, and wishing you a great birthday at the weekend. Best time to have them, I reckon. Oh, I think so, too. Don't want any embarrassment in the office today. I was going to... I decided, actually, I've just made a decision. I don't often make decisions at this time of the morning. I'm not very good at making an instant decision. And I was sitting here thinking, I'm going to the Ideal Home Show, and I'm meeting my friend at 10 o'clock, and I'm thinking, so I'll hang around here. And then I thought, Why? Go home and then come back again. And, and then I thought, can I park the car anywhere? And I thought, oh, I don't know, really. I don't think there's many places to park around Earl's Court, are there? So I'm not... Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to go home because I've got to drop some bottles off. <laughs> hint, hint. So I could drop the bottles off and then I could just get the train and come back in again. I think I'll do that. There's no point hanging around for three hours, is there? I'll have seen Jonathan Shallot by that time. Goodness sake. Uh, Paul sent me a, a text... He says, did you see in the papers about the corset that wrote off the Aston Martin? Yes. He said, do you know your age is on Wikipedia? You can't believe anything on Wikipedia. Believe you me, it's the big... He said, you, I was born in 73. And we know you and Clive have been there for a very long time. I've listened for 26 years now. And the true crime thing on Channel 5 last night was in Twickenham. How lovely. <laughs> That's all we need, isn't it? That's all we need. And Sarah... Lovely Sarah says, of happy birthday. Wishing you a happy and healthy year ahead. It's all you hope for, isn't it? It's a healthy year ahead. Although, as somebody said, you know, if I pop my clogs next year, we're going to have the biggest funeral you've ever seen, OK? I'm hoping to be there myself, just to enjoy it. <laughs> Pope Mobile. The Pope said, no, no, I'll just go with the guys on the bus. Don't be silly. You have to go in the Pope Mobile, because now you become a, a target. Here's the violin. I love the story. I so love the story. They've done a whole page in the mirror today on the violin that played as the Titanic went down. I just, I just love the story. I just think it's, you know, it's one of those things that 
you know, would he have ever realised that years later the Titanic would be so famous and the violin that was played on the deck as the ship went down would be coming up for auction and it would go for about £400,000. You can't even imagine money like that when he would have been paid, you know, shillings a week. Shillings a week. Quarter past five. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Scotland Yard's questioning the MP. Nick Ferrari and the team after the news at seven o'clock this morning as David Cameron has angered many hacking victims by walking away from press reform talks. People want to know, do you want your press regulated? Plus all the latest from the shocking abduction attempt of a nine-year-old girl in broad daylight in Richmond. And do you trust your children's school meals? This is after in a halal meal they found horse meat and pork and something else. And you think, you can't trust any of it now. You can't trust any of it. I said to you the other day, check very carefully on your chicken. Especially chicken Kievs. What, you, what you're looking for is chicken breast. What you're not looking for is shaped and reformed chicken. That's what you don't want. Today they'll be uh, talking about this attempted uh, child abduction in Hampton Hill. I don't know the full ins and outs of uh, this story, but I know we've got a lot of listeners in Hampton Hill. I drive through Hampton Hill on a regular basis. This is in St James's Avenue. Our reporter Dan Friedman is going to be down there later on. And uh, also, um, the pork DNA found in chicken sausages in a primary school in Westminster. It's everywhere, isn't it? And there's another story in the paper today about being in the cast of Made in Chelsea, which should be... In every Who Raised Dreams, they're young, good-looking and posh. The only problem is, it seems, everybody knows they're minted. You know, that means they've got a bit of money. Not all of them have got a bit of money, but they, they all seem to do reasonably well. Stars of the E4 reality show, diamond entrepreneur Francis Boulle. He's a bit of a dreary one. He's very boring, actually. Francis Boulle, not the most exciting one in the series. And biscuitaire Jamie Lang, 23. We like Jamie Lang, yes. We like Jamie Lang. Experienced the pitfalls of fame or infamy when they were jumped outside a nightclub and beaten up. Their assailants also tried to steal the pair's Rolex watches and bulging wallets. The plummy pair were attacked by three burly blokes outside a London club with Eton-educated Francis so badly attacked he ended up in hospital with stitches. The socialite, who's worth an estimated £10 million, and previously dated Emma Watson, took the brunt of the ruckus and is badly shaken. TV Toff Francis, who released a book last year revealing the secrets behind his success, is so cut up he's enlisted a minder to accompany him on social engagements and evenings out. He said it was pretty bad, three against one, and it came as a, as a shock. Unfortunately, when these uh, people go out to nightclubs, they do get lowlifes who go to nightclubs. And this was uh, outside a London club. I can imagine which London club it was, because there appears to be only the one that these posh people go to. And they like it there, and it's all like okay, yeah, and everything else. But you see the old dogs outside, ladies and gentlemen. The ones who are quite clearly trying to snag a footballer or somebody like that. Lewis Hamilton's got tattoos, very camp. But uh, here it is in the paper today. He's got a whole armful of newly inked tattoos. Oh, God, what an embarrassment, honestly. What is the matter with you? What is the matter with you? Don't have tattoos. Please don't have tattoos. It looks so, looks so silly. And there's a man who's very lucky. He's won the lottery for a second time. George Trakov, I mean, to say he's camp as a Christmas tree would be an understatement. <laughs> he scooped 1.16 million in total, but insisted that the way he felt when his numbers came up was nowhere near the excitement he gets from his hobby of skydiving. 
He'd, uh, he won 160,000 in the Euro Millions, and then he got a million pounds in the Millionaire Raffle two years ago. The chance of scooping this double win is one in 438 million. So he's pictured in the paper today. So he does skydiving. Oh, no, he's got a daughter. It was obviously not as camp as I thought he He just looks so camp. You look at a picture of him, he looks like Bruno Tonioli, who professes actually in an interview... We've poor, proving that poor old Piers Morgan scraped the barrel. You know, as your special guest, Bruno Tonioli, talk about how he's got a crush on, wait for it, Gary Lineker. I don't know anybody who's ever got a crush on Gary Lineker. God, blimey. Definitely not. Cyril Smith uh, bullied police over the child abuse allegations. The late Liberal MP insisted on speaking to detectives and even demanded they hand over the names of his accusers. Smith also wanted to know if he was going to be charged over the sex attack claims allegedly so he could decide if he should stand at the upcoming elections. These are documents from, I think, 1970. He said, why are these inquiries going on? Whom did you approach for statements? And in the same interview, he admitted he'd spoken to three boys after they'd given statements, and then he was told by the police he was interfering with witnesses. I mean, there is no doubt in anybody's mind that Cyril Smith was a paedophile. There is no doubt in anybody's mind of this. I mean, he had a special responsibility. He appeared on all sorts of... You know, he did indulge in a sordid series of indecent episodes with boys with whom he had special responsibility. But that was the Jimmy Savile thing, wasn't it? Didn't Jimmy, Jimmy Savile have links with a, a care home for children? And anybody who wants to interfere with, with children, in inverted commas, would get themselves involved with a home or looking after children or doing swimming or Cub Scouts or guides or something like that. That's, you know, so it would put you in a position of trust. And Cyril Smith, it was an MP. I always thought it was rather strange. I mean, there he was. He were from Rochdale. He were big. He were he were a big. It's always the fat ones, isn't it? Gold. Anyway, he uh, he tried to interfere with the police probe. It's interesting that the police did nothing at the time. They they kind of they kind of all stepped back from it, and they did the same with Jimmy Savile. And the reason for Jimmy Savile was apparently that he was he was a a, um, um, a celebrity. And because he was a celebrity, they didn't like to do it. And I told you before, I'd heard the rumours from Fleet Street that had said that because of his association with the royal family... Yes, I did tell you about that story, yes. Because of his association with the, the royal family, they didn't like to pursue it in case it embarrassed the royal family. I mean, the Queen Mother wouldn't have had the faintest idea. And the Queen as well. I suppose they have now, because now they've, they've read the papers. They've read the papers and they, they've seen everything. They've seen everything and they, they've probably read as, as much as everybody else has. Uh, Dean Gaffney, uh, former EastEnders, is to go on a police road safety course. I think so too. He was not wearing his seatbelt when he lost control of his mini. His mini? Dear me. And didn't we not see a picture in the Sunday papers of Sid Owen driving a very flash Rolls Royce on... We did it on Monday on the programme... Uh, in Hollywood, he was driving this Rolls Royce, and I said, and they said he'd, he'd, he'd bought it. I said, no, he hasn't. He suppose he's not bought it. He was just sitting behind the thing going, look at me in a Rolls Royce, because he's appearing at the Hackney Empire in a musical. Sid Owen in a musical. So far from trying to stretch his career in America, he's at the Hackney Empire. Lovely place. Love the Hackney Empire, really do. But uh, he will not be prosecuted, this is Dean Gaffney for Dangerous Driving. Police have offered him the £92 one-day course. Uh, Dean's pal, Des Coleman, who played Lenny Wallace in the soap, said he's looking forward to it. Oh, Popsikins, you won't look forward to it. It's a speed awareness course. You'll be there for about three or four hours, and uh, you won't do it ever again. 
because you only get the one opportunity of doing it. They've, they've done this to save you. You can either have this. Police don't offer it to you. Well, it is offered by the police. But if, if you say no, then they give you the penalty points. This time you don't get the penalty points, you get the fine, and you'll sit there. <coughs> Excuse me, and it's like being back at school. I know, because I've done it. I've done it. Uh, a granddad chased down a shop thief and dumped him in a chest freezer along with frozen pizza. Mick Hegany spotted a Romanian... Ion Constanti snatch a woman's purse while I was at the supermarket. When I saw him slip the purse in his coat, that was it. I asked him what he thought he was doing and he tried to give it to me. I chased him, grabbed him by the lapels, pushed him into the freezer and told him to keep still. How fabulous, ladies and gentlemen. Well done to Have A Go Hero Mick. The uh, Romanian uh, was jailed for eight weeks after he admitted the theft. He'll just go back to thieving again. That's what a lot of them do, I'm afraid. They had a thing on Westminster Council on the telly the other day, and they were trying to stop a habitual, I think he was Romanian again, flower seller. These people who come and pester you. And he, he was a nasty, aggressive piece of work. He was really horrible. They said, we've seen him before. They've said, we've told him we'll confiscate his flowers. I'm thinking, why don't you just lock him up? Why don't you lock him up? These people laugh at the law. You know, I'm sorry, will, will you be selling flowers ever again? No, I think not. They were, they were so drippy. I wanted to go out there and be sort of the voice of reason. Kill them. Simple as that, you know, take them, dump them in an aeroplane, you know, over the sea, push, open the door and go, look, have a swim, bye, and just push them out. Makes it so much easier. All these people, you know, these people who are aggressively marketing these roses, they tell you for it's for charity, it's not, it's to line their own pockets. But he was horrible. He said to one of the, uh, the policemen, they said, don't touch me. And then they had an even worse person who was at the Notting Hill Carnival. And they had a thing, sound systems off at seven. OK? It was fairly straightforward. Unless you were particularly stupid or dumb, everybody turned their sound systems off at seven, apart from this one bloke who kept it going on and started doing the big it's on private property kind of thing. And so the law enforcement man comes round and he goes, I told you to turn it off. OK, I'm serving you with the notice. Turn it off. Five minutes, boss. Five, I hate people who call people boss. It drives me mad. Five minutes, five minutes. So anyway, sir, boss. So he, five minutes, they go back there, and he doesn't turn it off. So they say to him, listen, we've told you, just another five minutes. He said, I'm telling you one more time. So five minutes later, they turn it off. Two minutes later, he's got it back on again. And the police go over there, and he goes, don't interfere with me, don't touch me, this is my private property. So they pull the plug on it. I mean, the man was a complete idiot, a complete bozo of the First Order. You know, if there's, if there's a rule for one people... You know, everybody adheres to it. If I say to the producer, we're going to do this programme standing up, doing exercises, we will do this programme standing up, doing exercises. If I say we all take our shirts off, just me again, we'll do it. You know, it's one of those things. Not everybody wants to fall in line. But if there's a rule out there, you do it. If all of a sudden they say there is going to be a company dress code and it's going to be hot pants, then I'm going for it in a big way. You know, hot pants and, you know, little skimpy T-shirt showing a bit of midriff. I'm all for that one. I'm all for that one. I think there should be a company uniform. I've got a few ideas myself of what I could see some people wearing round here. <laughs> the word speedos comes to mind, let me tell you. I quite fancy that idea. But no, it's, it's people who, who sort of disregard the law. So when this have-a-go hero pushed this thief into a, into a freezer, I would kind of applaud. I would want to hold him in there as well. Can't be much fun being pushed in a, pre, in a freezer. But he only got eight weeks in prison. Should have been much longer. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. And the time now, 5.30. Conversation with Steve Allen. Sorted out the next 20 minutes of the programme. Anyway, I was thinking about bathing. And I was thinking about... 
because we were, we were, we were reminiscing that if you were in a family of, uh, of boys... Actually, there's a story in the paper which has really annoyed me. And I'm, and I'm sorry it's annoyed me. You won't be when you hear the story. You will be equally as angry as I am. You'll be equally as angry. But I was, I was just chatting away about having baths. If you're of a certain age, before we had combi boilers in the house, you had an immersion heater. And the immersion heater was in the airing cupboard and it heated up the hot water. But there was only enough hot water for maybe one bath. Then you had to wait for the tank to fill again and heat up. So consequently, not like nowadays, where you, you can, luckily, if you've got a combi boiler, you turn on the shower, you've got constant hot water, it's constant, you're not using anything up at all. It just keeps going, keeps going, so I could sit there for an hour and a half if I wanted to, it's not going to make any difference at all. But in the early days, you ran the bath, and you filled it up, and you never got a complete full bath, it was never, never up to the top. You'd, have, you'd be sitting sometimes in a few inches of water, and then you'd turn on the tap and it would be hot, and then all of a sudden it would start going cold, and you would know that you've run out of water in the tank. So if there was a family of four of you, there was no chance that you'd all be having a bath on the same day. Many of the time, you'd have to have a, a wash with, with cold water, you know, and you'd sort of wash your face and hands and sort of rub your hair and something like that. But if you had a bath, and there was you and your brother or you and your sisters, you'd get in first, then you'd have to get out the bath... And then they'd have to get into the same bath water. And people now think it's quite horrendous. People say, share the bath water. I said, listen, when I used to go round to my cousin's house, when I was at school down in Essex and I didn't go home for the holidays, I would go round. Sometimes two of us would be in the bath together. But that was considered quite normal because there wasn't enough water to go round. So you'd sit there and you'd just sort of have a bath together like, you know, kids do. Don't they? No, just me again. <laughs> but it was it was very strange. <coughs> Excuse me, very strange when you talked about bath water and how they go right to bath night is Thursday night or whatever it happened to be. There would be a bath night, and you wouldn't have a bath every day of the week. Now you take it for granted. You take it for granted that you can actually have a bath. You just turn on the shower, or I could turn on the. I can fill up as many basins as I want with hot water because I've got a combi boiler. And it's lovely. You sit there and you think, what a luxury. What a luxury. Hot water. When years ago, we didn't, have, we didn't have central heating. We had no central heating. I remember when they put central heating in. It was like somebody had turned an inferno on. It was dreadful. We couldn't breathe. We all got colds. Because before, we'd been quite good. They, they did an experiment with Eskimos. Not that Eskimos have put central heating in, but they, they did a, an experiment with Eskimos who'd been eating raw seal meat for years and years. Then they brought them into the modern day and they were eating normal food. Within a short space of time, they were ill, their teeth became rotten because they were eating all the, all the rubbish food that we eat. They weren't used to it. They were used to eating raw, you know, they used to sort of kill seals. Then they would cut them up, freeze them, and they would gnaw on raw seals. It was good for them. The story which has annoyed me... The story which has annoyed me, and, I mean, I'm not sure I can use words to describe how angry I am. It was the story of the internet troll. This is somebody called James O'Brien. Not up, well, as far as I know, it's not the same. This is wearing a mask. It's not the same one at all. James O'Brien and the boxer Curtis Woodhouse. James O'Brien is an internet troll. He writes filth about people. And he did it to this particular boxer. He's done it to a load of other people. He's not a very nice person. He's really not nice. Anyway, the boxer, Curtis Woodhouse, uh, offered a £1,000 to any people on his Twitter page who could help track down this bloke. So they tracked him down. And as you remember, the story went, he went round. He said, right, I'm in his road now. 
What house number's he at? To save me knocking on every single house, what's his house number? And uh, little James O'Brien capitulated and became the big girl's blouse that we now know him to be. What did they do yesterday? They invite them on to daybreak. Small wonder the audience is dropping off this stupid programme. You know, an internet troll sits there, a person who writes filth on the internet, and is now a celebrity. I mean, why don't you just invite him, Lorraine, onto sort of, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, let's make a celebrity out of him. Because here he is, and then the stupid thing is, <clears throat> O'Brien was not there when Mr Curtis knocked at the door, but apologised. And so they go on television... And Curtis said, uh, after he'd, he said, I felt really embarrassed after I'd, yeah, of course you did, Mr O'Brien, you lying old piece of so-and-so. You didn't feel embarrassed at all. You felt embarrassed because you were caught, because you're a troll, because you're a piece of vile filth. And so they put him on television, and then Curtis says to him, you know, after he's apologised, there's no problem, mate, it takes a big man to say sorry. If you hadn't found him, Curtis... And I'm sorry, but I'm taking you to task as well. You've done yourself and everybody else a big disservice. All right for you, clever boy, to offer a £1,000 to somebody. What about all the other people who get attacked by filth like this? They haven't got a £1,000, have they? So, big deal. So nice to see you're so chummy. Perhaps you'll take him out for dinner, love, and he can carry on writing his filth to other people who don't have a £1,000. And then Curtis says to him, you know, I've done plenty of daft things in my time. That's daft, is it? You're even more stupid than you look. And shame on Daybreak for inviting them on. Small wonder the audience are dropping off. My God, they put filth like this on the television, ladies and gentlemen. They need taking off the air very, very quickly. It's just lost its way quite clearly. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's put on this piece of filth who targets celebrities and writes filth about them. What, but they're really thrilled. But they're really thrilled. Oh, lovely, lovely. And he's laughing. Been on television, I'm like, yeah, big boy now, and I, I can write anything I want under different names. Disgusting. It really makes me feel quite ill. Quite ill. How to choose the perfect seat at any... I'm sorry to be so angry. I shouldn't be angry. It's a Friday. But stuff like that really gets my go. Oh, I'll tell you what I saw the other day. You've probably seen it. Have you seen people texting at the wheel of the car? They're, they're, they're steering and they're texting with their thumbs. I can't, I can't do my thumbs. I don't know what I'm doing. Like Pac-Man. But apparently lots of people do it. And they do say it is as dangerous to text at the wheel as it is to drive drunk. It's as simple as that. There is, I mean, I tend to... I mean, one time they, they were stopping people smoking, weren't they, in cars? Because you're holding the cigarette, you're not on the wheel. Legally, you're supposed to have two hands on the wheel. If you've got one hand on the wheel, you're not in full control of the vehicle. I know it seems ludicrous because there'll be people listening at the moment, driving with one hand on the wheel, saying, well, I can, I can smoke a cigarette, I can pour a cup of coffee, and I can text, and I can still drive. And if I'm very lucky, I can put my kid on my lap, and they can steer as we're going down the motorway. Uh, I've seen people shaving. I've seen women putting makeup on, driving down the motorway. I saw one woman, I wonder why they were going so slow, and she's driving down the M4 with a map on the steering wheel. A map. I wanted to career into the side of her car and knock the silly woman off the side of the road. If I'd had a Sherman tank, I would have done it. Would have got very annoyed about things like that, because it's, it's, just, it's just stupidity. It is just rank stupidity and blooming dangerous. Blooming danger. The amount of people I've seen driving with their knees. Have you seen that? And that these aren't circus clowns. These are other clowns. Idiots out there. 84850, Steve at LBC. Bobby Waltham so said that man should have got eight weeks in the freezer. Phil says, pity there wasn't a lid on the freezer. They could lock the thief in. You watch people thieving. And I can watch people walk into supermarkets. I know they're going to thieve. They look like thieves. In, uh, in Iceland, they've had to now put the whiskey up on a high shelf with special things on the top, because the, uh, the lowlifes from over the road, from a drug rehabilitation centre, just what we need, go in there and thieve. 
they go in, so they've had to put it up so high that they can't reach it. <coughs> excuse me, if you want it, you have to ask somebody who works in there. Excuse me, can you get me a bottle of low-rent whiskey? And they just, they just thieve it. They have no intention of paying for it. Uh, one from Felix says, I've just renewed my passport. Whilst booking my airline ticket, I was prompted to input my details. I noticed the passport office had put my date of birth as eight years younger. What a dilemma. My wife's going out with a younger man, me, excuse me, and she loves it. As I was flying the following day, I was unable to return for a replacement. It's the only way to cheat about your age with proof. Yes. Uh, did you know you share a birthday with Eamon Holmes? Says Mick. No, I don't. Eamon Holmes does not share a birthday with me. It's, uh, it's his uh, other half, Ruth. I share the birthday with her. Well, actually, she shares with me. I don't share with her, let me tell you. Uh, Emma says, I'm at work as a bus driver. With your millions of pounds in the bank, the drinks are on you. I know, it's so good. Uh, 84850. Um, Dorman Dom says, me and my girlfriend often share a bath or shower. I think that's something completely different from those people who didn't have a combi boiler. And uh, Helen says, please send a muzzle toff to Benno on our diamond wedding anniversary. Crikey. And uh, Baz is waiting at Stansted for freight. He says, I shall drink a glass of vintage red. There you go. Pouring with ice cold rain in Barkingside. The wife's birthday on Sunday, says Tony the Bin, as well as going to the coal shed in Brighton for Sunday lunch. lunch. And Donald team says, calm down. Curtis is a boxer. He knows how to wait for the right time to strike. Give it a few months and the troll's going to get hurt. It was a fact they put him on television. He went, yeah, it takes a big man to apologise. If he'd not found him on Twitter, that man would still be sending filth to him and a load of other people. And here he is smiling in the papers. I wanted to hit him myself. I wanted to hit him myself. I told you, I've got, I've got a troll called Tony who writes filth. And he's, he's that close to being police. It's that close. It's so close. You know, it's... We've had the lawyers looking at it, and I'm I'm that close for it. Because these people are scum. These people make people's lives... It doesn't make my life a misery. I'm just determined to make his life a misery. I'll make sure he loses his job and everything else. But in this particular case, they stick him on daybreak. They go, oh, you're great, you're wonderful. It's great that you've come together and you... Oh, do me a favour, love. Do me a favour, please. It's just, it's just not right. It's just not right. You don't need to put these people on the television. A dim boxer who's got a thousand quid. Must be one of the very rare ones, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, and an internet troll who writes filth. And then he goes, oh, yes, we put one on the And there he is smiling, saying, oh, yeah, you know, I realised I made a mistake. Yeah, I bet you did, mate. Because you were caught. Because you were caught. I'd be writing stuff all over your flat door, let me tell you. All over it. All over it. There's a very funny line on uh, Michael McIntyre's latest DVD, which I think he must have recorded at the O2, and he's talking about when you have to input information, and he says, you start doing it, you put your name, and then it goes, beep, beep, wrong, it comes back, you've not filled in line one, three, five, and seven, he says, you fill in line one, three, that postcode down there, beep, beep, wrong, your session has timed out, he said, timed out with who? He said, I didn't realise it was a race to fill these things in, and when I have to do my VAT online, it says, your session has timed out. I thought, who am I competing with here? I'm not competing with anybody at all. But it's time that you have to put it all in again. And it's so annoying. Quarter to six. News headlines with Sam Pittis. The MP Eric Joyce is being quite... Actually, it's very strange. The more you read about Pippa Middleton, the more you realise she's a paid clothes horse now. Because the designer, Catherine Hooker, issued the missive to announce that the Duchess of Cambridge's younger sister would be attending the races in one of her bespoke coats. 
In other words, it's a freebie. Pippa Middleton's bent over, taken the golden shilling, and she's now wearing free coats. You know, Givenchy sunglasses. Did she pay for those? Did she pay for her rumba boots? Did she pay for her Kate Spade patent handbag? I mean, to be honest with you, if I could get sponsored by just about anybody, I would be wearing everything. But all I'd end up in is bin liners. Nobody would be sponsoring me. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard of, it's quite normal in, the, in show business to get a free car. A lot of people get free cars uh, for a while. Although I, I failed, to, I, I couldn't possibly mention the LBC presenter who got a free car and had it stolen from outside his house. I couldn't possibly mention, <coughs> Brian, which one uh, it would possibly be on LBC, who did actually have the free car. And then somebody nicked it. Mind you, we've had all sorts of strange, strange things going on with cars over the years. But you, there's certain things you could get. But, I mean, clothes. You know, nobody's... I mean, who did I meet the other day? And somebody said... I said, that's nice. They said, yeah, I got it for free. And it used to be the big thing years ago. If you could get something for free, then you thought you'd sort of... You'd arrive. But Pippa Middleton is quite shameless. She's not famous at all for anything apart from having a famous sister. And so now she's wearing these clothes. And it's, it is a bit embarrassing, really. She might as well just sort of stencil a sign on her forehead, you know, available for rent. One here says, uh, free parking at Tibbetts Corner near Putney. Well, I couldn't possibly leave the car at Putney. I'm ever so sorry. I can't do that. And another one here, which says, uh, at the top of your game, says Patrick this morning. Yes, actually, we've had quite a few good, a few good mornings, actually. And if you want to have a drink, I'll show for you around in the Bentley, says John. Yeah, right. Uh, Michael Dennis, the Black Cab Poet, says, hope you have a good day. All the very best to you. And from Amanda in Plunstead, she says, uh, you share your birthday with my mum. She'll be 78 this birthday. You've got many a good year before you catch her up. Well, I mean, to be brutally frank, I'm never going to catch her up, am I? Because as fast as I catch up to her being 78 and I'm nowhere near it, she's going to be ahead of me. So we're never going to catch up, but there's always going to be a gap, dear, whichever way you look at it. You know, she's not going to stay at 78 unless she passes away next week, in which case I could possibly catch up. But at the moment, it's highly unlikely. You know, when I, if, if I get to 78, God willing and highly unlikely, you know, she's going to be a hell of a lot older. Hell of a lot older. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you how much older. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, I'm bored with Pippa Middleton. And I wish the papers had realised she's not a royal, she's a commoner. Oh, she's milked every bit of it. We've had the stupid party book, which never sold. And we've got everything. I mean, who's going to be told by somebody how to throw a party? And that's why it was practically remaindered, ladies and gentlemen. Practically remaindered. I mean, I'm not remotely interested. All right, so if she gets free clothes, fair enough. But, I mean, it's a bit shameless, isn't it? A little bit shameless. I should imagine there's loads of people that get free things. I mean, loads of things. I mean, I often wonder how much money Lorraine Kelly pays for her little outfits. I suppose, obviously, I mean, they, they, they look as though they're junior size, so they're obviously built for mother care or something like that. But uh, I wonder how many outfits she gets for free. The answer is probably the same as in America. Loads of people on television get offered free outfits. When we were on Five's Company, we had a whole room full of free outfits. Whole room full. You just pick out what you wanted to wear because companies want to see your clothes being worn. But a friend of mine who was a who was a, a children's presenter on television, when he was doing the links, they had to cover up all the logos. They weren't allowed to have anything with a logo on it because it looked like free advertising. And then I thought, you watch EastEnders, there's more product placement on there. They must be bending over all of them and taking shillings. Because there's more product placement on EastEnders than I've ever seen on any programme. In fact, most BBC programmes there's product placement. And they seem to get away with it. I don't know how. 84850, uk, And Mario says, I don't have Facebook, Twitter or any other social networking sites. And I change my email and mobile 
every six months, and that way I'm not bothered. Uh, Sue Ann in Stockwell says it's my birthday after a rotten week. And um, please, can we bring back hanging for trolls? Yes, I think that's uh, a very good idea. Very, very good idea. 84850, steve uk. Uh, one here that says, this is uh, Dave, who says, I have to correct you, texting whilst driving has been proven more dangerous than drink driving. I recover crash cars due to people using mobiles one way or another behind the wheel. Uh, well, it's not more, da- it's as dangerous. It's as dangerous. You can't say something is more dangerous. It's as dangerous. As dangerous. And so, I mean, you know, whether, you know, recovery driving or not, it's still as dangerous. Somebody says, about time you had your own TV game show. Good God, no, that was so ridiculous. That's for people like, people like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of people on the television. They've certainly given the wrong people at the moment, I'm afraid. Um, game shows on television. You need an experienced person to do a game show. It takes a very, very clever person to be able to hold a game show together and to actually be able to do it and have some... That's why Bruce Forsyth, even though Bruce is probably a bit old for doing it now, he was the master of the game show. That's why he did game show after game show after game show, because he knew what to do. That's why Bob Monkhouse did game shows, because he was very good at doing game shows. There's no point in giving some poor bloke who does, uh, you know, used to do motor racing commentary for the BBC a game show. (coughs) He's about 12 years old. It's ridiculous. There's no gravitas at all. People who watch television aren't his age. It's like watching poor old Benjamin Shepherd struggling through a programme about cooking with some of the worst guests I've ever seen. I can only assume the bookers on that show must be about five years old. Same people who book for Daybreak, I would think. Awful. That's why they're hemorrhaging audience. Michael McIntyre's DVD, Best Few Bob Spent in Ages, bought on your recommendation. I didn't rob it. Yeah, come on. Are you from Liverpool? Come on, come on. Have you been trying to take off the little sticker inside? I've seen people doing that. He says, am I the only scally scouser working today? I think possibly in living memory, the only scally scouser. Uh, Paul Cooper could do with some free scales. He's got fruit and veg shop. What did I buy yesterday? Oh, I bought um, bought some uh, satsumas. And a thing about satsumas. I I like that. I brought some satsumas in today, actually. A little packet of chockey biscuits. Not for me, though. They're for the, for the team next door. Did you know Bob Monkhouse? Yes. Well, I say know him. He, he came in for one of my best interviews. He was a good interview. He enjoyed a drink. He enjoyed a drink. He turned up. It was late at night, admittedly. And he had his old, his old Mac on. <clears throat> and um, a little brown bag with a bottle of whiskey and all the mixes in. And he proceeded. He, he was quite happy. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was quite happy having a, having a drink. Uh, as it was. I'm glad you liked the uh, Michael McIntyre DVD. I thought it was really good. Very funny. Uh, Pepper Middleton, fame, career by association, even got a book deal. What next? A fitness DVD? How grotesque. She is the posh version of a benefits scrounger. <laughs> well, she's, put it this way, she has to do something. It saves her working for a living, doesn't it? So she's just and they go, it's Pippa Middleton. What, what, what are you famous for, dear? Nothing. You're famous because your sister married William. But do you go round there all the time? I shouldn't think so. Do you, do you get freebies? Of course you do, because of who you are. Anybody who's in the paper, she's got apparently a lovely bottom. What a claim to fame. Your, your bum is good. You know, that's a really that's a good claim to fame. Your face ain't much, love, but your bum's really nice. That'll be a winner. A winning combination, as they say now. Uh, pubs are selling 100, 100% horse meat burgers, and they're a hit. I don't know where... Uh, Lauren Johns, who runs the Three Compasses, said all across Europe, horses considered a high-quality meat. 
Uh, now they've got this pork DNA, uh, found in a sample of sausages taken from St Mary's Bryanston Square in West London. Ridiculous, isn't it, really? I mean, this horse meat's everywhere. I see, I don't mind eating horse. I really, I've said before, I don't mind eating it as long as they tell me it's horse and as long as we're paying horse prices. Don't charge me beef prices, you rip-offs. Don't charge me beef prices. You know, I mean, no, horse is not more expensive. Horses are cheap. There's a lot more horse. You get a lot more, more stuff out there. A lot more stuff out there. Sad person. Very sad person. <laughs> uh, eight, uh, eight, four, eight, five, oh, uk. What was that? What were you looking for? A body in there somewhere. Poor soul, honestly. Uh, would you give up your disabled son to allow your other children a chance of happiness? Despite agonies of guilt, Jane says, it's the best decision she ever made. It's a, a very, very strange story. Very, very strange story. Uh, also, uh, there's one here. I think this is a boy, Elijah Edney, who's never had a haircut in his life. He's He's got hair that's two foot long, and he's a boy. What parent allows their child... His mother's called Amber. They live in Buckland in Hampshire, and they're going to give their son's locks to the Little Prince's Trust, which helps youngsters with embarrassing hair loss. Um, and so it's going to be a wig... But it sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Parents who let their children grow their hair like that. Because he does look like a, a little girl. Which I think makes you grow up with a with some sort of an identity. Mind you, I, when I left school, I also grew my hair fairly long. I used to have hair down to my shoulders. Not on my head, just my shoulders. Sorry. <laughs> That's an old gag, you know, I tell you. <laughs> Variety. Dead. Not on this programme. And uh, I'm delighted to report that the news is coming up now, so you get a bit of a rest from it. I need to go and lie down. I think I've quite clearly peaked this morning. Something the matter with me. I like the hair on your shoulders. <laughs> I haven't used that for weeks. It's uh, coming up to the news <laughs> at six o'clock. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I make no more apologies. It's your own fault for tuning in. I didn't ask you to join me. I was quite happy sitting here by myself. Can you wear, ladies and gentlemen, black socks with brown shoes? I'm having this, let's just call it a discussion, shall we? I might as well ask the Easter Bunny. But to be honest with you, red socks with brown shoes looks ridiculous. That is, that is so 70s. This is the, this is the modern way forward. Black socks with brown shoes. It looks great. You can, I'm sorry, I don't care what you say. Look at the size of your feet. Oh, dear me. A red sock looks stupid. Don't point. Don't point it. Get out. Red... Have you ever heard of anything like it, Lady? Red socks. It's like people wearing white socks, isn't it? Thank you. Lovely seeing you. Never heard of No, white socks are terrible. White socks are terrible. I do like the story in the paper today. I've, unfortunately, I think it's killed his business. It's, um, it's a boss called Andrew Rogers. He's a hairdresser, and he's got salons, and he's, uh, he's gay. I don't think that makes any difference, but I'm just assuming that most of you ladies think that every hairdresser is gay. And he threatened to employ only fat, gay and lesbian stylists because he was fed up with staff having babies. So he had a bit of a rant about it, as you do. He had an angry outburst. He accused women of draining resources by going on maternity leave. He said to have justified his threats by saying gay people were less likely than straight people to have children. I don't know in this day and age. It's in kind of 50-50, isn't it, really? And he then, he said, he made an exception for fat heterosexual people because no-one would want to have a baby with a fat person. So what have they done? 
They've taken him to a tribunal for... Se- you can't even have an opinion nowadays of anything. You can't even have an opinion. So his comments were reported in a sex discrimination case in which he was branded a sexist bully by former employees. I mean, you know, it, it does come to something, doesn't it, when now people go, I think I'm going to take you... You know, I'm fed up with your sexist comments. I'm going to take you to a tribunal. And so you waste a tribunal's time. Whereas, in fact, why would you ever want to work for somebody like that? You'd just be going, I tell you what, mate, I'm going to leave and I'm going to tell everybody that matters that you're a sexist. And he's going to go, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, it, it is just ridiculous. And, I, I mean, another woman said she, she went into early labour in the salon. I mean, quite clearly he's got... So there must be something in his chairs or something. All these people get themselves pregnant. And then he said he, he didn't allow her any breaks at all and just a cookie for lunch. Well, go and work somewhere else. Go and work somewhere else. If you don't like something, go and do it somewhere else. No to the sock question, says Warren. I mean, you cannot wear, can you, red socks with brown shoes. I mean, it looks ridiculous. It's probably a fashion statement, but to be honest with you, it's not. I shall have to check everybody now. Yesterday we were checking people's ears on the train. I find that a fascinating thing to do. And now we're going to have to check people's socks. I shall get to Waterloo Station and be looking at Lenny's socks. I shall be doing Brian at, at Twickenham and say, what colour socks people look? Mine didn't make any difference for poor Brian. He's got no toes anyway. Poor soul. But I mean, what colour socks? I just wear black socks. Gone are the days of wearing coloured socks. Probably if I wore them in this poor man's salon, he'd be complaining about this. So people have taken him to a tribunal. Why not have the courage of convictions and just go work somewhere else? Don't work for somebody like him. I mean, let's face it, you know, if that's what he wants to say, it's his salon. He can say what he likes. It's a bit much, isn't it, really? One woman here uh, took six months maternity. I mean, you can imagine how frustrating it must be. You employ somebody as a stylist. I mean, I'm not taking sides on this. I'm just pointing out the patently obvious. You take somebody on as a stylist, and then the next week they go, oh, I'm pregnant. And so they go away for six months, and you're thinking, well, this is just ridiculous. Do you remember the, the case? Um, <laughs> do you remember the case that involved... And I think she won. I can't remember exactly. The producer might have helped me out. And it's a woman who turns up for a job as a hairdresser, and she's wearing a full burqa. And the, and the bloke in the salon, or the woman in the salon, says, I'm sorry, this is a hairdresser, you know. And so she took her to a tribunal. It was almost like it was preordained that somebody was going to take somebody, you know, because they were wearing a full burqa. It's a salon. It's where people look lovely. Apparently in certain parts of Saudi, or in fact most of Saudi, you know, women can't go out by themselves. They have to go out with a male chaperone. I've never really liked it. So archaic. So archaic. So if this bloke's archaic and he only wants to take on lesbian or gay stylists or fat people because they're not going to get pregnant, go and work somewhere else. I mean, why? You want to take on fat people. They'd never get anywhere near the clients, would they, if they're fat? Never. Never, ever, ever. Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. I do like the picture of the paper today. It's It's a particularly gruesome picture. And it's a gruesome picture of... Uh, some archaeologists, they've uncovered what they say are medieval graves that could solve the mystery of the Black Death. Because the Black Death went through London uh, like a dose of salt, and they were burying people, it's like when we had the plague, they were burying people in plague pits, covering them with lime, and occasionally they dig these things up. This is a, a 14th century one. They say as many as 50,000 people might have been buried here over the years. 50,000 people. It's, it's quite quite astounding and if you look at the way these people were buried it's, it's almost quite unusual they all they appear to be all in separate graves but in a, in a lot of them they uh they were just thrown in together 
and then just covered over. But it's interesting that every so often, when they start doing some digging in the city, uh, they're, they're going to re- rebury them. I think this is in Farringdon, in Farringdon, where once they start doing these things, uh, they sort of do it, and then, then they cover it over, and then a building goes up, and it's all, it's all covered over again, because London must have had all sorts of things. 84850... Uh, steve at lbc.co.uk uh, I've just landed from Saudi, says Warren. Men can't even be seen with women. Yes, I mean, it, it is... It is strange, isn't it? I don't think women are allowed to open the door in a house. They have to sort of open it and sort of almost hide behind it. It's very archaic. Why would you want to live in a country like that? I wouldn't want to live there. Still to come on the programme this morning, because this Sunday, and in conversation, it's Michael Ball and Tricia will have a couple of clips... Uh, from this weekend's programme. And so hopefully we will tempt you to listen to us on Sunday morning. The best of Steve Allen between five and six. And then just after that, it's in conversation. So it's Tricia and it's going to be... um, Sorry, I'm just looking... Michael Ball. No, sorry, I'm just looking at something here. There's a a black comedy at the Rose Theatre in Kingston with Keith Allen and Denise Welsh called Smack Family Robinson. It's uh, from the people who wrote One Man, Two Governors. I the funny thing is, I like Denise Welsh as an actress. I can't stand her on Loose Women. I can't, can't bear her. But as an actress, I, I don't have a problem, actually. And then they've got uh, more people doing um, dancing. The ball, You seem to be obsessed with ballroom dancing. And so they've got two more people on a, on a show called Burn the Floor. And this is Robin and Christina. Robin, one who looked very, very succumb. And uh, Christina, I don't know who she is. Is that Christina Rianoff or something? So she was a bore first time round. Anyway. anyway, she's still going. And also uh, Judy Dench giving a masterclass on stage uh, and showing you how to command a stage. I mean, there's nothing this woman cannot do. She's doing John Logan's Peter and Alice, which is the second play, I think, in the Michael Grandage season at the Noel Coward Theatre. So uh, one to put in your diary. Don't forget, it's this coming Sunday, one off for the Karen Keating Foundation, Gloria Hunniford and Michael, and his brother as well, are putting on this show with lots of famous people. Lots of famous people. And uh, I think the Magic Circle have got something coming up as well. I think Jack Delvin has got a, a variety show coming up as well. And I think that's... Is today Friday? Yeah, t- Saturday. Don't know where we are half the time, do we? 8850 uk, And uh, another bit on the things. They're saying here, uh, Jake Humphreys has secretly... He's being secretly trialled to start presenting alongside Holly Willoughby. Oh, God, why do they think somebody was good at doing motor racing and he wasn't that much cop at it? Can't do a quiz show for love nor money and now they're actually trying him uh, on This Morning with Holly Willoughby. Well, where, where's Philip Schofield going? That's what I want to know. You can't get rid of Pip. Pip's the most wonderful person in, in, in television. And we certainly don't want Jake. He must have a new, uh, a new agent. Oh, don't tell me it's Jonathan Shallot. I couldn't bear if it's Jonathan Shallot. <laughs> Just sealed my fate this morning, wouldn't it? 14 minutes past six. LBC 97 with Steve Allen. <laughs> little little trick there you could use. Anyway, 19 minutes past six. Just going on to this, this uh, bloke called Jake Humphrey. And you could tell it's a PR puff, can't you? Because it says here, uh, apparently he... Uh, Jake is able to work for ITV after walking away from an exclusive deal with the BBC. Apparently, my source adds... This is some lame showbiz reporter who just picks up any old press release. He says, my source adds, the BBC were mad to let Jake walk away from an exclusive deal. They spent years nurturing him as a major presenter. No, they didn't. He was never a major presenter. They said, now ITV looked likely to swoop in and give him work. 
I don't think so, dear. I don't think so. He's not good enough. He's not. He's just another presenter on the television. An official ITV spokesman said, Jake is one of a number of people to screen test for us recently. They do it all the time. Send us in your show reel, Poppy, and we'll let you know. You know, if there's nothing going on... I love that. He's a mate nurtured by the BBC. What a load of old hooey, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, onwards and upwards, as they say, for Friday. Um, now, on Sunday, from six o'clock, as you know, we get some fantastic guests in, from Dustin Hoffman all the way through to... You're the woman I want. Ooh, 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 honey. Uh, this week, I'm joined by singer, actor and general all-rounder, presenter as well now, Michael Ball, who tells us... <clears throat> why he would never go on celebrity talent shows like Strictly Come Dancing. No, I can dance. Mm. But if you, uh, if, if I was to go into, say, Strictly, yeah. um, people would assume I could dance well because I'm from musical theatre. Yeah. I've never had a day's dancing in my life. Well, you've I never needed to. Well, ch- uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we had a lot of, the, you know, Gillian Lynn made me do the old bamboo. I killed myself. I know you but did. But ca- I, I, a big regret. I wish I'd actually bothered and studied because I think I would have been quite. Well, good Dick Van Dyke wasn't a dancer either. You no, know, again, no, he, he yeah. was sort of. He actually sort of got through it. You actually yeah. did it and looked as though you could dance. Yeah. Only those of them know. Oh, yeah. quiet! Wait, please, please. He did. You have told us before. Deep. He said, "You know, I wasn't. I wasn't a dancer." But I mean, you you got through that and you did it really well. well I might be dancing again soon. Oh, really? Yeah. In what? Yeah. You'd have to say no. Oh God! No. Is it I a know. new show? Yeah. It's not new, it's an old one. Ooh! Wait a minute, now there is... No, you won't know it. Oh, no I not know it. anything about it. That's why I was in, in the States. And, really? Yeah. And it's a show coming here? Yeah. I'm putting it on, and I'll know in the next couple of weeks. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> we'll keep our ears to the ground, so as soon as we find out what Michael is working on, we shall let you know. My second guest on Sunday morning is chat show legend Trisha Goddard, who told me why she thinks people are so keen to go on shows like hers. It's funny because I used to be asked, uh, why do people go on national television to air their dirty laundry? I can now point out, of course now that technology's caught up with this trend, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is all about people putting it out there. Mm. It's People do it anyway. Have you seen embarrassing bodies? <laughs> well, yeah, Why would you want to go on go. television and show parts of your body that aren't working? <laughs> sorts of reasons. I think oh. people have always wanted validation. That's why we get married in front of people. We want people at our funerals, our weddings, bar mitzvahs. We all, we, we want validation. Yeah, and television, and, and I suppose to a certain extent, well, the internet definitely, because that's opened up a whole new oh, world. Oh, God, yes. I mean, years ago, if, if somebody wrote you something horrid, they had to write it on a, on a letter and send or it. Or had to say it to your face. Yes. I mean, now, I mean, the internet is, it's the domain of cowards. There you go. More from Trisha Goddard this Sunday, including how she worked as an air hostess and why she loves living near New York. So this Sunday morning, in conversation, Steve Allen with Michael Ball and Trisha Goddard, not to be missed. You can download it as well just afterwards. It's nice having a birthday on Sunday now that I've reached that funny age. And uh, when, when I came in, I got bottles... I got bottles from... I mean, obviously, quite clear, the producer knows me so well. So, so from the producer, I got a bottle, and from, from Duncan Barks. But, of course, from, from the classy end of the day, from Susan Bookbinder, you get a proper bag with black ribbon on it. And you get a little thing, even wrapped as well, but obviously done in the shop, because nobody has these round things to stick up. Was it done in the shop? Was it done in the shop? Might have been. Might have been. I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it, because normally she, sort of, she either gives me money, 
And it's so nice to, to see ten shilling notes again. And <laughs> she's got a ready supply. And I said, is this something... Oh, lovely. Oh, I know exactly what this is. Oh, I know exactly what this is. This is lovely. Keep it in the fridge. You keep it in the fridge. It's absolutely... At home, you're all going, Whoa, what do you do with that? <laughs> it's, it's an anti-fatigue cooling eye gel because eyes are the mirrors of the soul. And this is really nice. It's for men. It's, it's got a ball in it. And you literally run it under your, your eyes. Because now I'm 37, 38, I know, all right, be honest, be honest, 38. Now I can start admitting that I use all this stuff, and that's how I've kept my youthful looks. I'm truthfully 193, but I'm sort of trying to... Try to thank you very much indeed, Poppet. That's very nice, thank you. So there you go. So, gosh, honestly, who's a lucky boy? Who's a lucky boy at my age? Who's a lucky old man? <laughs> and loads of cards, loads of cards. Loads of cards, which is all very nice. And we got meerkats the other day, and we got all sorts of nice things. People are very generous, so thank you very much indeed for that. As I say, the good thing about being on the radio is that you can share it with everybody, and then you get more, more cards and stuff like that. So we've got a whole stack of them. Big card. If they've got glitter on, you're in big trouble. Only on Christmas cards do we do glitter. We're not doing anything else at all, but uh, very practical. So I can now drink myself stupid on the train going home with my bottle of vodka and a very nice bottle of wine, and uh, I can do my eyes at the same time. There's no end to my happiness at the weekend. It's, it's going to be so simple, ladies and gentlemen. And your day as well. I hope it goes well if you're celebrating your birthday today. Many happy returns. Mine not till Sunday, because I'm St. Patrick's Day. And uh, from Lindy, wish my son uh, Alexia happy birthday, which is also on the 17th of Feb. I love your many impressions. Could you do Daphne from Eggheads? I, I can only do... <coughs> Excuse me, Daphne, when I haven't sort of got the bad cough. She, I watched her yesterday on the television, and she said something else. I was going to pick up on what she said. I couldn't remember what it was now. But normally she is, is, is it MI5? Because we like Daphne a lot. Uh, Raymond, he says, bring back the stocks. Definitely. Actually, I, you know, I would bring back the stocks tomorrow, Raymond, if I had the opportunity. Uh, red socks and brown shoes, wrong, 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 says Mags. This, I mean, I, that's what I thought. Red, red socks with brown shoes, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you just don't do it, I'm afraid. You don't. It's not there. I've known, says John, about Wallace Hartley's violin undergoing numerous forensic tests for a number of years. Although we've not known of its whereabouts for 90 years, I'm convinced it really belonged to the Titanic's bandmaster. Wallace Hartley's body was repatriated to the UK following the disaster and was interned in Colne in Lancashire. Over 100,000 people attended his funeral. That's how, that's how big it was. This is because the violin that was played on the Titanic as it went down is coming up for auction. They have uh, certified its authenticity. Certified its uh, authenticity. They reckon it's worth about uh, uh, about £400,000. Happy birthday for the 17th. It's mine today, says Janet. My dad, Bob, used to work as security on the door in Gough Square with Peter and I think the other guy called George... So I don't know if you remember him, Bob Pickthall, no longer with us, but he loved working for LBC. Oh, I remember Peter and uh, George very well. I remember when George died. I'm not even sure if Peter's alive. Uh, he probably is, actually. He was one of those people who probably went on for forever. Thank you for all your texts and emails. We've got uh, loads of them. Rob, on the subject of Bruno Tonioli, he says, are you sure you got that right? Bruno Tonioli's got a crush on Gary Lineker. Is I can't believe Justine and Colin are back together. Somebody should use their matching goatees as Velcros and stick them together. Oh, hate seeing them on television. Hate seeing them on television. Front pages. Do we have enough time to do the front pages of the newspapers? And uh, the answer is probably not really. So I shall leave it to somebody a little bit later. I'll just tell you quickly what the stories are that are running through. Pippa Middleton in a in a PR stunt. She's obviously been given some free clothes. 
it's quite uh, quite normal in the business for people to be given things. The uh, coalition is torn apart. Cameron talking of a hung parliament as Miliband and Clegg form an alliance in a bid to shackle the free press. Mirror today, it's... Uh, I mean, you couldn't have got more publicity for, for giving somebody a free coat or whatever she got for it. It's uh, paid off because she's on the front of most of the papers. That's on the Mirror. And The Sun today, Maddie Hunt for six British cleaners. All these years later, and now we're coming up with six British cleaners in a white van who we're looking for. The Express today, it's your essential Cheltenham pullout. More on how to stand out at the races. Pippa Middleton there wearing her coat, free or otherwise. Either way, it's a good bit of publicity and she'll probably be inundated with loads of other designers saying, where are stuff? Where are stuff? Uh, on the front of The Independent today, Tina Weaver, former editor of The Sunday Mirror, and uh, two, you know, former editors are held. There's a new list of alleged victims identified. An explosive email exchange is seized by the police. I wish you a pleasant weekend. I hope it... Uh, hope it's, I didn't even bother telling you the weather for today because I've got no idea what it's going to be. What, whatever it is, it'll be, it'll be a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Can't be worse than the weather we had during the week. I'll be uh, back within about half an hour with a free podcast on lbc.co.uk and my other podcast up later. Talk to you Sunday morning. Nick and the team with you after seven with Jonathan Shallot with the papers. But next... The Fabulous Susan Bookbinder with the morning news. LBC 97.